Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Val Verde. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. team now get cut and relocated to a new team 
hopefully they're good enough to get relocated or else that was sort of bad traffic. Hey, it happens, and that's one of the reasons why it's kind of a bummer when you're drafting teams too early. We know we all got to do it for certain reasons, but if, if you can, try and draft it as close to the uh, actual season kickoff as possible. It helps uh, alleviate any of these kind of issues. Uh, we're excited, um, or actually kind of sad, because this show is the last one that we do for uh, you know the next four or five months where we're able to just kind of fling the goo and shoot the shit and freewheel it and do whatever we want to do uh, in season. For those of you guys that are uh, pyros and follow us on the reg, we do essentially the weekly matchups each week. So we're basically telling you about uh, the games that are happening uh, between the two teams. We go through every team. We talk about the fantasy relevancy and the fantasy happenings that are uh, going to go place, matchup issues, all that sort of stuff, which is awesome. Gives you a lot of fantasy goo in season, but it, we're kind of structured. We're, we're, we're very structured and cornered into what we're able to um, kind of do. It, we still have fun. We still go nuts, and we still give you uh, tons of advice and mind share. But it's kind of, we have a good time in the offseason just saying, hey, what do we want to do it on this week? Should it be strategy? Should it be about our player rankings? What do we want to do? And um, moving forward until the Super Bowl is done, essentially, we are essentially doing matchups and uh, talking about the games. So uh, this enjoy this last little one where we kind of uh, talk off the cusp. We're just going to be dropping a bunch of different nuggets. We'll be going through the teams and uh, tangenting a little bit. Uh, so, you know, there you go. I think the way we want to start is obviously big uh, sombering news for the Vikings, a, a hot team that literally I was thinking two weeks ago, I might even have said on the show, I thought was going to be, uh, could have been uh, one of the NFC teams uh, to represent uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl. Teddy, and I still do believe that actually, with, even with Teddy Bridgewater going down. Bridgewater dislocated his knee. Tears his ACL. I read something today that said he could have lost his leg. Uh, players are vomiting, and when they saw the injury, players are praying, they're swearing. But Teddy Bridgewater is done for the year, and we know what that means. It means Sean Hill to the rescue. Uh, what do you expect? Let's um, hear a little mind drop from you on what are your fantasy, um, what's the landscape of fantasy right now for Minnesota with this news? Honestly, you know, looking at how I changed my rankings, I didn't really change anything uh, due to the injury. I, I'm just sort of down on Teddy Bridgewater's fantasy impact. I mean, yeah, we, we ranked uh, Sean Hill, you know, lower collectively than we had Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but enough to make an impact on, you know, how we view it, not necessarily. And then everybody's like, what's the impact on AP, you know? Does that mean they're going to stack the box? I mean, weren't they already stacking the box on AP and he's just running all over them anyways? Plus, this also gives them more of a traditional style offense with a quarterback under center. And that's what Adrian Peterson prefers. All offseason, he's been harping on, oh, I need to you know, get more reps running out of the shotgun to improve there. But now, you know, with Sean Hill, they're not going to have to do that. Adrian Peterson's just going to be more comfortable. So... Is he going to get more carries as a result of this? Sure, he could. Uh, but I'm not changing my rank of AP from number one because of this injury. Uh, you know, just running from under center, I think it's going to make him, you know, a very calm, cool, and collective player. He's not going to have to stress about, oh, you know, make comments after week one. Oh, I really, you know, don't fit into this style of offense. 
So there's that aspect, how it affects his wide receivers. That might be more, you know, I was already starting to sour on Laquan Treadwell. Um, just in camp news, it's going to be hard for him to get on the field. Uh, he's playing behind Charles Johnson and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is going to get a boatload of targets there. So I, I don't move, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs down my rankings at all. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, I've been moving down, you know, quite some time. I think he's in the 60s now. So he's not even on my redraft radar as of right now. He's a guy, you know, keep a waiver wire lookout on. Uh, the rest of the team, I wasn't really that interested in. Jarek McKinnon, he, his role's not going to change. He's still going to see dump-offs. Kyle Rudolph, sort of the same from him. Maybe Kyle Rudolph even sees a slight bump because there are some times when Teddy Bridgewater just does not look for the guy. So overall impact on the rest of the players, negligible for me. For me, I actually like it a little bit for Treadwell and for Diggs because Sean Hill's got a better long ball. He's got a better, he's a more aggressive quarterback, and he truly has almost, he's got more experience. I don't know if he's got more starts under his belt uh, than, um, you know, Bridgewater, and we know that he's been a journeyman. He played on the 49ers, got a lot of opportunities there, you know, five years ago. Played for Detroit, so he's been around the league, so this guy is a good football player. He's a good quarterback. This isn't a guy that's that, that's just stuck, sucks. And uh, you know, we saw Nate Burleson this week um, or yesterday talk about, uh, and he played with him, uh, but I think at, uh, with Detroit. Um, and he's like, you know what? This guy's confident as hell. He's has he's not scared to do anything, and he's got a strong as hell arm. So. I like the fact that what it can do for AP, the way they can actually stretch it, because Bridgewater was a check down Charlie. There's no guy. he They made him into a game manager, and he's scared to ever really take a chance. So I like this in many ways, and maybe for Treadwell being a second teamer and, ha- and having a good rapport with him might help him. I think it definitely can help uh, a Rudolph. And uh, we'll see. I, I'm still kind of high on this team, and I love what Zimmer came out and said. He's like, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for us. We'll let the shock kind of go by. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. And maybe maybe there was a little bit too much pressure on this team with a Bridgewater who's going into his third year and kind of not that great. Maybe this is a great thing that kind of helps them and releases some of the pressure so they can just go out and play football, do their thing, and uh, we'll obviously find out that's why they play the games. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's a huge, huge loss for them. But we'll see. We'll see. Hill's obviously got to stay erect, and uh, we'll see what they have in plans on finding their backup. uh, Did you say Hill has to stay erect? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, then. Slinging the goo around. Truly slinging the glue. As long as, if you can say a rack to slinging it, that is. Um, Alright, let's move on to um, the next team that had uh, some sort of big news. Well, we're trying to, we're actually going to try and bounce between NFC and AFC. So I'm going to bounce over to an AFC team that has had some news, nothing, uh, nothing negative. I feel like it's all really positive, but that's the San Diego Chargers. Uh, you saw... Melvin Gordon, a guy that you've been talking about and hyping up for months, and I was bashing on him like I just wasn't seeing it. Boom! After these last Have two pre, after <laughs> these last two preseason games um, or three preseason games, I think that touchdown catch he had was in the first week. That was awesome. Um, it looks like he's got his burst. Looks like he's got his confidence. And you put that tandem of Danny Woodhead and a Melvin Gordon, who's just 
definitely recovered from that micro fracture, which was my biggest concern. You're right, Stags. It's not doesn't really affect the running back. It's more of a basketball leaping injury, I suppose. So he just looks great. And then you got Keenan Allen back. Rivers is always going to be Rivers. Hopefully, they just got to start hot because uh, we know Rivers is a, is, a, is a first half or second half guy. But I like what I'm seeing. The Calvin Benjamin addition, the way they're going to be getting the stats going for Gates all around. Um, and who's the Terrell Williams? Terrell Williams. Terrell Williams is getting a rapport with. The, I love. I really, really, really like what I see uh, currently with the Chargers and um, having Wisen Wisenhunt back and having that stable presence with Rivers. Watch out. This team could be all right. The defense kind of blows nuts, which again probably helps their fantasy prowess and their points. Yeah, well, Philip Rivers, you know, he's got a lot of weapons now. Their only real negative news of the offseason, you know, was the Joey Bosa holdout. That's now ended. And then also that Stevie Johnson injury. So, hey, but that might be better addition by subtraction. I mean, this Terrell Williams kid, you know, is a good sleeper for you. You know, he can get him probably off the waiver wire very late in your draft. He's probably being undrafted. Really building a rapport with uh, Philip Rivers in the first team. But he's this, huge too, right? He's six three, but skinny. And, you know, two hundred. I thought he was a couple inches taller than that. Yeah. Two hundred pounds, but he's a burner at four three, four four speed. So he could really stretch the field. And you saw that during the week seventeen game where he played last season, caught what a ninety yard touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, so or an eighty yard touchdown. He's got that sort of uh, you know electric play ability. So that's something I definitely look forward to seeing him build. Keenan Allen. One thing, you know, I'm starting to sour a little bit on Keenan Allen. How is he going to get that amount of targets again? Um, you know, we all hit that 16-game pace and are, you know, completely befuddled. But that that's just not going to happen with this Wizard Hunt team that's going to, you know, pound the rock with Melvin Gordon. That's going to give Woodhead some carries. That's just going to give all these guys chances and opportunities to run the ball. And that only increases Philip Rivers' efficiency. But, you know, the volume of targets that was there for Melvin Gordon during the first uh, eight games of the season just isn't going to be there to that aspect that we're thinking. So if he's going to be in the 130, 140 target range again, you know, it's going to be real hard for him to sort of exceed, you know, hit where he's being drafted. So he a first round? I mean, when I'm seeing him, he's like lumped in at that end of the first round early. And that's when the value kind of fades, and I, I agree. It's like at that point, I'm feeling a little, I'm much more excited to grab one of these kind of a topper tier uh, running backs like a Miller, like uh, Elliott, much more than a Keenan Allen with my first pick. Um, if I can get him late second round, if he, even still, I don't know. I'm a, I agree with you. I'd rather have an Evans than a, than a Keenan Allen. So um, Keenan Allen, awesome player, showed lights out that. He, he can get it done for fantasy owners, but I think there's a lot more talent to, to get to go around. So, but in general, I think there should be. This is a power and number turning into a power and numbers team. Uh, you need Gates to stay healthy, which is a, a question mark. Uh, but we'll see. The most important thing is just their offensive line, how they can gel together and stay healthy. I mean, they've got nice pieces there. It just always seems like every week of the season that they are missing at least one starter. And then there's pressure in Philip Rivers' face. But, you know, they've overcome that to a degree in the last couple seasons. Uh, but this is a team that could take a small step forward. We just got to remember to temper expectations for their passing game because the volume is going to come down with Wizenhunt as, you know, Philip Rivers, 
you know, his passes came down, but he has the best fantasy season of his career back in uh, 2013 with, with or 2013 was as the offensive coordinator. So take all that into account when you think of the the Chargers. You know, I, I've got I think we've all collectively got Philip Rivers pretty high. You know, top 12 quarterback for us. You know, probably one of the last starters, and you can get him late. So if you're going with that late round QB strategy, he's yeah, a guy I like too. Hey, and if if you make a trade, you know, after the first eight weeks of the season when he's hot, more power to you. You know, you could do that. That that's your prerogative. If you don't believe he's going to hold out and uh, put up the numbers for the whole season, then the rest of this team there there's weapons at sort of every level on the offense. So it's something to be excited about. I agree. What you said, Rivers. I got him at uh, 13. You got. Woodhead and Gordon are both top 25 guys, and then Allen's a top 10 guy, and they've even got the same goes for uh, Gates, so there's there's some offensive talent. So let's check it out. I'm, I, for the first time in a while, I'm not scared. I've always loved the value I get on a, a Woodhead. If he stays healthy, he ends up being top 25, and then that even increases uh, you know, threefold for, in PPR. So could should be an exciting one. Before we go into our uh, next team, um, I would like to talk uh, a little pyro promo, um, stag party, and well, the whole team has been working hard delivering our next version of our tiers. Houdini just delivered some uh, new uh, busts and sleepers. We've got new pros and cons for players that just got added to the mix. But draft kit version six, thank you, people. It was by far, by far, our most successful version of a draft kit ever. People are buying them, and if you are one of them, thank you so much. If you're not and you haven't yet, go do yourself a favor and pick it up. But Stag Party and I, and we've been blown away by how many people have been buying that draft kit uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, so thank you so much. We work our balls off on it, and if you bought it, you know this thing is just a weapon of mass destruction. It is hardcore. So uh, appreciate that, and just the solid news is... Tomorrow, uh, probably uh, earlier, late afternoon, some point tomorrow, we are going to be releasing version 7, our final version of the Pyro Draft Kit, just in time for the weekend, uh, for Thursdays. Uh, I've got a draft tomorrow night. I've been getting emails from Twitter, like, Wait, we, am I getting another version? I got my huge drafts this weekend. You getting me another one? Worry not. Version 7 is the final version. It's coming out tomorrow. So you, for anybody who's got a draft this weekend or even tomorrow, or going into next week, you will have the final and most up-to-date version of it. 20 bucks. I can't even say anymore that if you pay 20 bucks, you get all the updates because we're at the season. Uh, but that's the reason why next year, buy it early because if you bought it and we started selling, I think, the middle of March or April. Uh, if you bought it then, you're still getting every one of these versions up-to-date. But uh, badass things we added uh, to the last uh, version 6 that will also be in version 7, IDP Tears. That is a new uh, a ring, uh, tab that we have in there. So if you're doing individual defensive player, fantasy football, we have that. And we're starting with uh, the addition of the Archer, uh, who does a lot of leagues like that, as does Houdini. We're going to start wrinkling that in a little slower as, uh, as features and information that we're providing. So IDP will be a, a part of the peeled onion that Pyromaniac will be uh, moving forward with. Let's go to the um, NFC side again, and we will talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, Tony Romo, I did a posted a, a Facebook post to him back in January of him as an action doll that had all these injuries and in crutches and he had bandages and 
Man, that guy just can't catch a break. Yes, he can, actually. Uh, he always catches a break. Uh, but oh. too bad, man. I feel bad for him. I almost think, and we'll talk, we don't need to talk about Romo so much, but I think the Romo era is done. I think Dak Prescott's about to come in and just kind of take the job. And I think he's going to have a good, successful season behind that offensive line with that talent they've got around him. I mean, Dez seems to be really loving him and supporting him. I just have a feeling even when Romo comes back uh, in week eight, week nine, wherever it is in that middle of the season, if Dak is lighting it up and the team is really rallied around him, you can't all of a sudden just say, go, let's go back to Romo because he's the face of the franchise and we paid him more. Do you disagree with me or do you totally strongly do? You strongly do. I mean, just because the whole thing in football is you can't lose a job when you're hurt. Uh, that's everything everybody's ever said since the history of the game has started. So that's uh, There's stories, though, of the people that have, though. There, there he's is. He's got an uphill battle. It's a rookie. There's no question. They're going to be scheming. He's, he's not just a rookie. Confusing. He is a fourth round rookie, and since 2000, there are four uh, rookies drafted past the third round to start the first game of you know a season, and they've all been yeah yuck. Um, the best has probably been Kyle Orton, and what he did in his first season with the Bears was less than impressive. So. Yeah. Two years ago, though, my, my only argument is that two years ago, Dak Prescott was a first-round quarterback, and they got a DUI, so he slid down. He got a DUI this offseason. No, I got it, but, so he, but he, slid down, he slid down. That was that was two weeks before the draft. Yeah. So that, I, I feel like he wasn't a fourth-rounder, but all of a sudden, literally at the worst time, he got a DUI, and I think he actually got it. So I think that's why he's a fourth rounder And I, I think it, it, he's much more I think he's going to be more of like A bigger, stronger version of of uh, Russell Wilson And the only reason why I really love this Is because he's got Dez to throw to He's got the leadership of Witten he's got, he's got that perfect kind of serendipitous moment Where he's got the best running back It's a rookie also coming at the same time It's just like there just seems like it's a perp that offensive line. The team's really good. I just feel good for him. And even if he, even if Romo comes back and takes his job back, gets takes what the job that says, I think Dak is going to impress and do just fine. I'm in rookie leagues where you have to start position rookie. I'm going to be targeting that guy, even if it's just for that that eight eight game uh, window. What else uh, besides just the, the Dak hype that I'm buying into, and I know many people that are. Pyro Stash did a uh, graphic for Dak today. Uh, we were talking on the phone today. It was a great conversation. Good to catch up with you, my homie. Um, but he's all in as well. And there's a lot of people out there that I that I think are. Um, Anyway, we'll find out when they play the games. Anything else that you want to say about the that I mean, boys? I think Dan, Dak Prescott will be a better fantasy player than he will be an actual quarterback. I mean, just for the stretch of games he's in, he's going to be a viable fantasy, you know, fringe starter. He's a guy you can look to play in DFS. He's a guy you can look to play, uh, you know, in streaming situations. You don't really have to draft him that highly. I mean, he is probably going to get picked up in your league. He's got that rushing ability that gives him a nice, safe floor. But the question is, how are they going to run this offense? Are they suddenly going to change it for Dak Prescott? Are they going to run, you know, multiple zone read looks a game? Um, I I think in the last, since they started tracking zone read looks, the Cowboys have run six. I think that's since 2000, and that's total. Six total zone reads, 
and since in 15 years. So th- are they going to completely change their style of offense to fit Dak? Or are they going to make Dak you know, come to more of a, you know, this is our offense, you hand the ball off, do whatever you need to do. So that, that's the one concern I have is where do they meet in the middle? What happens there? What, what great things can Dak do on the fly? Um, he's going to have, you know, defenses are definitely going to be a lot different than what he saw in the preseason. He's not going to be, you know, five touchdowns and zero interceptions, whatever he may have been. Um, but, yeah, he's going to give you some good rushing yards. He should, you know, the weapons around him should score touchdowns when he can get him the ball. Uh, does Bryant's back fully healthy, which he's looked so far this preseason, that's only good things. The thing I like is, hey, you know, you got to move Zeke down now that Dak Prescott's the starting quarterback, and that's something I don't really understand because he's still going to get the ball plenty. That's not going to change. So what do you think? They're going to stack the box a little more? Okay. You remember that run, rushing quarterbacks hold the backside head end a lot more, so that, you know, typically running backs who play with rushing quarterbacks have a tired a higher yard per carry average than, you know, their pocket passer sort of counterparts. You can look at Alfred Morris playing with and without RG3, even taking out last season of um, Alfred Morris because he was bad. Uh, basically, he averaged half a yard per carry better when RG3 was in the lineup. So there has been proven facts that rushing quarterbacks help out running backs in their efficiency. Are you worried that Elliot? We saw the game against Seattle. He gave it to Cam. Uh, wow, I mean, he just that was some punishing blows. Are you a little worried that he's going to be? Um, he's going to make it through the season because he kind of he's got just that thrasher style that that beast mode has, and it's just I don't know. I think he's still a young guy. He's obviously strong. He's got the body to play in the league, but still. I mean, there just comes a fact where if I'm worried about injuries. Like, how could I ever draft a running back? Like, how, all these players play in the most violent sport in the world. How can I expect, how can I pick out which guy's going to get injured because of his playing style? All, right. all these guys, on every play that they touch the ball, are being targeted by defenses to stop them, you know, from getting in the end zone. That's it. Every guy is going to get hit. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that. Ferociously. Um, all right, let's go to. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills. Um, we're gonna bounce, like I said, we're gonna bounce between the NFC and the ASC just because we get so sick of jumping, going in by alphabetical order, or going by division. So we're just kind of free forming it here in our preseason last call show. And um, you know, god damn my sight. That's it's pretty crazy that in eight days the season starts. Oh my god, oh god, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl, right? Yep. Damn. That's been the theme the last couple years. This week, I mean, what, what's going to be? Trevor Simeon versus Cam Newton? That's not the most glamorous of uh, opening nights, but what can you do? Let's talk about the Broncos then. Let's, let's, go, let's go with them. Trevor Simeon wins the job over uh, Mark Sanchez. Uh, the news out is they're trying to shop Mark Sanchez. Uh, They've now get, got a suitor in Minnesota. they got a potential suitor in Dallas. Yep. I mean... It's only going to increase. Paxton Lynch is the number two there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Trevor Simeon? I love the retweet that uh, you did this week. <laughs> Here is a, a, a picture of every every snap of, uh, of Trevor, Simeon's, Trevor career. Simeon's career. It was one snap and kneel down. <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> on repeat. 
He's, he's, he's got one play that he's ever played in the NFL, and it was a kneel down right before the half. Whew. But he is a Northwestern boy, so he's got those brains. I think you've got a good story about when you actually went and saw me. He wasn't even the full-time starter, right, at Northwestern? I mean, he was pretty like, much his entire career he wasn't the full-time starter at Northwestern because of Kane Coulter, and that they wanted to run that zone-read style of offense. Uh, and Kane Coulter was the much more mobile quarterback. Now, I think he's... He might be a wide receiver for the Vikings, coincidentally enough, at the time. He also split time at wide receiver while with Northwest, Northwestern. Uh, but Trevor Simeon was a guy who just didn't look like, you know, an NFL quarterback when you saw him. It's like, all right, this guy, you know, I think his career touchdown to interception ratio in college is 27 to 24. And you just look at the numbers he put up there, and it's just not very impressive. But he's got some arm talent. Uh, if he could prove to be more accurate, he wasn't very accurate at Northwestern. Great, but I'm not going to buy into Trevor Simeon as a long-term viable starter for this team. I think it's just more of a placeholder, and I think they have more leeway with him. It's like, hey, you can't teach Mark Sanchez to not turn over the ball. Yeah. Uh, I think that's out the door, and I think that's all they're looking for right now. It's just a guy who's not going to make too many mistakes. And I think that all, they can coax you know, Trevor Simeon into making safe throws, making dump-offs. They can mold him into being the, I mean, almost the ultimate game manager of, hey, don't take too many shots downfield. I mean, I'll run these screen passes, do this and do that, and don't do these things. Like, he's going to have plays that are off-limits, and that's yeah. not something I want to see. So how does this affect Demarius and, and Emmanuel? See, I think it affects Emmanuel Sanders more because of his ability to sort of take it down the field, take the top off the defense, and things we saw him do with Peyton Manning running down the sideline. Uh, with Demarius, you know, the slants, you know, he's a very good slant thrower. The screens, you know, anybody can throw a screen nowadays. Um, all the type of routes that Demarius typically runs, uh, I think all line up well for Simeon. So I'm throwing a little bit more weight to uh, Emmanuel Sanders than I am um, uh, are more weight to Demarius Thomas than I am to Emmanuel Sanders. You're throwing more weight if you're talking about sinking someone in the uh, in the bottom of the ocean. I, I, you're I, doing I guess, I guess like I now need to change analogies. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm throwing my weight behind Demarius. Uh, uh, other than that, you know, the run game. I think the run game is going to be fine. I think Kubiak's proven that you know he can you know cobble up a run game out of anybody. And I think this is definitely a team that's going to be built to run and play defense. You know from our tiers, one of the biggest distinguishing, uh, uh, one of the biggest discrepancies, not distinguishings, is, is C.J. Anderson. I am not high on him, and I think this is one of those situations where maybe I just don't really love the guy, and it might bite me in the ass, because sometimes I go with my heart a little too much. But you, I think, what, you have a 13 or something? 13 or 14. 13 or 14, and I've got, I've got him way down in, um, I've got him low. I mean, I'm just not in this guy, and I'm... Totally in the book. I've got him down in the 27 zone. And I understand that that's low, uh, but I just don't want him. I don't think he's going to – I just don't think he's going to make it through the season. I don't like – and I like what I, I see uh, from Booker. What do you my, – my thing's probably just – and we all have grudges on players. You've got him as well on other ones. What, what do you see in C.J. Anderson? Is it a value pick? I, re I was reading the Soblick brothers from New York Times the other day, and they were like, 
they were like, who are some of the most underrated players? And their first one was they've got to rank 20th and his ADP is 30th. So, C.J. Anderson's un, uh, underappreciated, undervalued. Why do you like him? Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts for him on this season? Well, he's going through this whole training camp healthy. He's entering the season healthy, which is something he didn't do last year. You know, he entered the season banged up with ankle and knee injuries. Yeah. And when he started the season, it was slow. You know, splitting, giving away snaps to Ronnie Hillman. They're talking about cutting Ronnie Hillman. Um, Please cut Ronnie Hillman. Uh, Ronnie Hillman's one of the worst players I've ever seen. I hate that guy. Um, but continuing <laughs> off uh, with the Ronnie Hillman change, the guy can just run the scheme. This is a scheme built for his quick twitch, you know, and bolder, uh, bolder sized body to get through those zones. Uh, with Simeon, you know, I wonder if they're going to still run a lot of shotgun. This is a guy who pretty much at Northwestern ran exclusively shotgun. You know, I think they're. So you are you, are they, you think they're going to be? Are they going to be doing a lot more shotgun? Than I think, think I certainly hope not. I think Gary Kubiak's style works best out of that. I mean, I think they'll use the pistol, which they used a lot with Peyton Manning last year, and then they're going to go to a lot of up under center. I'm not sure if they're going to go to too much traditional shotgun, except in passing downs. Uh, but yeah, C.J. Anderson, when he wasn't on the injury report, when he was on the injury report, uh, it's like a six to seven points. Uh, Different in his fantasy scoring last season. Down the stretch, he was much better. Um, in the Super Bowl, he showed off what he could do with more carries against a tough Carolina Panthers defense. But with just a young quarterback, I also don't think you want a young running back back there right away. C.J. Anderson's a guy who could pass block. He's a guy who can catch. He's just a guy who could do all the things you want of your running back. And with a young, inexperienced, kneeling quarterback... I think you need to pay attention to the veteran in the backfield. Uh, Virgil Green, people are screaming about him, saying he looks great. Same thing was being said last year. Uh, then right when the game started, it was Owen Daniels getting all the PT, and Virgil was nowhere. And I remember Dogmatica, body of the God, speed of all this stuff with Virgil last year. Everyone with the hype's there. Can he pull through? Is this the kind of guy that's just a preseason darling, and then he never does it? Or do you like it? Are you buy into the hype? I like Virgil Green. I, I've been a Vegas, one of the bigger proponents on him. Um, just waiting for him to come around. The thing is, he is one of the most dominant run blockers in the league at the tight end position. That gets him on the field. He played uh, um, in terms of snaps. He was well up there with Owen Daniels. He just didn't get the targets. And when he did get the targets, he was efficient. He caught a lot of passes. He made people miss after the tackle. He scored you know, a couple touchdowns throughout his career. But when he's gotten chances, he has impressed. The question is volume of targets. Is he going to see the volume of targets to be a viable fantasy starter? Uh, I think it could happen this year. I mean, let's see. Owen Daniels is gone. Other Kubiak boy, Garrett Graham, is now on IR. You know, he, he's competing with Jeff Howerman, who pretty much sat out his entire rookie year with an, and with an injury, uh, torn ACL, I believe. And he's not a guy who's an explosive pass catcher either. Uh, and I think out of the tight end position, when you've got, you know, we'll just call him a slow and steady quarterback, Trevor Simeon, you want a guy who can make things happen after the catch, and that's going to be more likely Virgil Green than a Howerman, who's a fall, 
catch it and fall down. He's a small body though, guy, right? Isn't isn't Green is he, six five two five? Oh, is, I thought he was more like six feet. Okay, uh, quick last quick couple things. I'm just gonna put out something there. I think by um, by about week five or six, I think Paxton Lynch is the starting quarterback. And I think the, uh, Devontae Booker, with injury or without, is going to be getting a lot of opportunity. Those two guys, I'm high. I'm not saying you draft a Paxton Lynch. That's a, not a good call. I think he's good. Maybe he's a good dynasty pick. But Devontae Booker is a guy that I'm in deeper leagues. I'm I'm stowing on my bench. If something happens and CJ starts getting banged up or he just starts like outperforming, uh, I'm ready. I think Devontae Booker is going to get some opportunities. Um, right after this, we'll get to our next. NFC team. All right, all right. Let's fire this shit up. We're going to go to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, there hasn't been all that much great information happening around for them, especially because Jimmy Graham is not going to be starting next week. They haven't ruled him out, but uh, he's not coming back. He hasn't really hit the field at all. Um, so Jimmy Graham is... Probably someone I'm going to stay away from altogether unless he completely falls and I find myself taking him as a backup uh, tight end, but pretty much not going to do that. I've been going a little higher on tight ends in all my mock drafts and a couple of the expert leagues we've done so far. Uh, on the flip side of that, Rawls. I want to hear your take on Rawls. I know that you're not the biggest fan um, of his style versus his body. He's obviously been injured. They've been holding him back. What are your expectations right now? Where is he in your tiers? What do you think is going to happen? ProSize was all the hot buzz, and they drafted a lot of guys, but um, the only guy that's really looking good so far is uh, Michael, Kristen Michael, which is worrisome. Uh, give me a little synopsis on your expectations for Rawls. I know that in looking at your rankings, um, you are believing uh, a bit in the Michael uh, buzz. Give our listeners a little bit of a thought on, on the backfield. With Marshawn Lynch gone, and what's going to happen there? That's a big question. Thomas Rawls you know, was slated to be the starter. They say he's going to be back by week one. He's going to get starter reps. But you know, Seattle's also used sprinkles of other guys in different, different spots, giving series to other running backs, even with Marshawn Lynch. And we saw Fred Jackson a bit last year. We saw Thomas Rawls mix in a bit last year. In other seasons, we've seen Robert Turbin mix in. We've seen Christine Michael mix in. I mean, this is a team that runs such a high-volume rush offense that other guys are also going to see rush rush attempts. And with Thomas Rawls, you know, the thing is, unless he improves as a pass catcher, I don't see how he stays on the field for three downs. That's why, you know, sort of the opposite enigma of C.J. Procise, former wide receiver, mixed so well with him. But he's a guy who missed a lot of training camp. So he hasn't really gotten to mesh on the field. So he'll probably get a lot of run in this fourth preseason game. But they also have already released their seventh-round pick, uh, the guy from Clemson, Zach Brooks, I believe. Um, he's already gone. So... You know, this running back core is looking more like Rawls and Christine Michael. They've also liked Christine Michael's ability to catch the ball here late. So, Christine Michael's going to get some touches, you know, in relief of Rawls. It's just how this offense is going to work. CJ Procise could eventually turn in down the line to be a third down type of back unless Rawls just flat out learns how to catch the ball because this is a guy who's never really been asked to do it in college. Wasn't asked to do it very much last season, and they don't like the way he pass blocks. 
So all that, you know, I, I like his rushing ability, but I just think his overall ceiling's limited because of his ability to catch the ball. Yeah. The thing I like about, you know, Rawls is the fact that in as a rookie, he exploded a couple times. I mean, he just had some huge games and lit it up. So I like that, but obviously I'm not – if he falls, it's a good time. But right now, the guy's not playing, so you can't be too excited about. Uh, doesn't have the timing, doesn't have the body. It already injured, coming off a broken ankle. Um, so it's it's a little worrisome. And he's it, he's still going third round now. Yeah, he's moving down to the fourth now. Yeah, he varies, but I mean, he's in the fourth or fifth round range, typically third to. He's a guy with a wide range of outcomes. Yeah. And he's got a wide range of draft positions because of it. In a 10-team, 12-team league, if he's sitting there in the 4th or 5th, do you like him? No. You just don't like him. You're staying away. No, because I play a lot of PPR leagues, so he provides zero extra value for me in that area. So I, I like a guy with more consistent floor catching the ball because that provides more consistent points. All right, let's go to Wilson. We know, go, you got something to say, huh? Uh, Jimmy Graham has returned to practice a couple days ago. He's full go. They are thinking he could be back week one. Really? I'd bet against him week one, but you know maybe he comes back week three. You know, I don't think you risk him against Miami. I think Miami is a team that they feel like they can beat, uh, even without Jimmy Graham. And I pretty much agree with them. I think Seattle's going to get used up in a lot of, uh, you know, sort of pick the winner type leagues. Uh, I think they're going to be used a ton um, in week one. Uh, besides that, you know, other the guys. office pools. Other guys. Tyler Lockett, they're splashing some water on his hype train a little bit. You know, they use a rotation at the wide receiver two position. He's not playing in two wide receiver sets. He's only been on the field for 50% of uh, their first team sets this preseason. Richards, so, Richardson's looked like a, uh, a flashy, long ball kind of stretch defense kind of guy. I'm, I'm for set. Uh, it's not not for set. Uh, Lockett's not going to be on any of my teams. I mean, his price has just gotten too high. Yeah. When he goes in the fifth or sixth round, it's a little too rich for my blood. Um, if he goes later in the seventh, eighth, I'll take a stab at him. You know, eventually turning into the full-time wide receiver too. In return yardage leagues, totally different story. Lockett's stud in that area. Yep. Um, besides that, Russell Wilson, top three quarterback for me. I think I've got him ahead of Andrew Luck now. I've liked what they've been able to do this preseason, even though he struggled the offensive line. That's the major question. Can this offensive line gel, hold up, and not, you know? Get blown up because we we've seen Russell Wilson. He's made some magnificent plays yeah. on his own, Doesn't, but yeah. he can't do that every time. And we've seen you know like Big Ben types who've been able to stay healthy for you know a long point of their career, and then suddenly the hits just add up. But Big Ben's also got a body. He's like he's he's a Goliath. And the one thing I will say about Russell Wilson right now is. He's looking slighter. He was always sturdy, sturdy guy. He's very, he's in shape. He's by no means, but he he feel he looks skinnier to me in general across the board. But there's not a there's not a better pocket magician in football. There's no question about it. But I agree with you. If that offensive line can't hold him, he's good at avoiding the injury. But he looks a little slighter to me. Now a guy for me that's moving up, and I got him fourth. You know, I think across the board there's. He's a he's he, in, on any expert 
Russell Wilson five, four, or three. He's like a top two or one. Yeah, <laughs> I, you've seen that. I haven't even. I haven't seen that very much. But as I admitted to our, our, our team when we were talking about our rankings the other day, I don't look at other people's rankings all that much. I look at our internal ones for our collective and whatnot. But he's Russell Wilson is a, is a bona fide top five quarterback in any expert or any person's mind. So the one thing that I will say is Doug Baldwin has moved it up more for me probably than any other wide receiver in my uh, last two rounds of tears. And the reason is, snaps. That guy is on the field every every play. I don't know whether he's just got great friggin' um, condition. I don't know whether... I don't know what it is. I know he's not going to do that amazing five, four or five game stretch he did last year, but Doug Baldwin, the snaps... Hopefully the targets are there. Hopefully they're throwing enough, and I think they will be. I think we all agree they're going to be throwing a bit more. But Doug Baldwin's moving up for me because he comes in a value. His ADP is actually quite nice for what he can potentially do, and he's on the field for those snaps. Doug Baldwin, I like that guy as, a, as, as, as my uh, you know wide receiver three or my flex, and you can get that. You can make that happen. So Baldwin's turning himself into a nice pro where literally on this podcast three years ago, he's probably one of my least – most hated players in the league. Yeah. Doug Baldwin's got a price tag of 48 overall and wide receiver 22. So if you want him as your wide receiver three, you know, he's, he's a guy you're going to have to go early on, you know, potentially the fourth round. Um, and it used to be earlier in the offseason when you can get Doug Baldwin in the fifth or sixth round. He's starting to heat up a little bit here after we've seen him play wide receiver one and be on the field for nearly every single snap with the Seattle first team offense. Um, you know, the thing is, I don't really agree that this team's going to pass more. I just think they're going to continue to do what they do because that's how they win football games. Why change something that works? They might throw more in the beginning to set up the run rather than using the run to set up the pass like they've done in the past. But you know, overall run-pass splits, I don't think it changes very much. And it hasn't really. It didn't change even last year. So. That's all I've got in Seattle. Let's go over to Miami Dolphins. Let's kind of breeze through these guys a little bit um, in the AFC side. Uh, Arian Foster. Arian Foster. That's the only guy I guess you could talk about. I'm not sure he could be good for a couple games. Sure he could be good for eight games. I just don't know how many games he's getting to. Like, if you had to put a realistic expectation on the max number. Over under under for me would be five. I mean, it's. I mean, the max number I can even contemplate in my head would be, like, 12 games. Like, like does he play 13, 14, 15, 16 games? Like, I don't, no. I don't think so. No. Um, he does. So, so that, that pushes him down, you know, a little bit of my running back rankings. And then, but he's going, what, RB25? RB25, player 67. Um, so right now he's getting getting up to where we're going to have to pay a price premium because of one fucking cut. In a preseason game. I mean, that's the only reason. Like, hey, he looked agile. Did he look fast? No. He looked sort of slow. But, hey, that's something that can come back with his conditioning. But also, beat reporters coming out with, hey, even though it's going to be Foster, it's still going to be a 60-40 split with Ajay or Damian Williams or some Kenyon Drake. Other guys are going to get mixed in here, which sort of caps... I mean, he doesn't have the same ceiling as he did in Houston, where if he was the number one running back that week, motherfucker was getting 20 touches. Yeah. <laughs> like those, My boy Blue wasn't eating in the shit while he was healthy. Those things aren't necessarily going to maintain the same with this Miami team. Remember, why do we suddenly think that Miami is going to give a boatload of touches 
to a running back after you know their experience the last couple of years. Yeah, well, they changed to Adam Gase, yeah. but but still, Adam Gase is a guy who uses running backs in series. He will change out guys, take them out for a whole series, and you'll just see Arian Foster ready to go, but he's on the bench. I'm not psyched. that's how he does it. I'm not psyched about Arian Foster. Uh, I agree. I if I get him on my team and he comes with value and he's a bench he's a bench player, then awesome because I'll pick him and I'll play him and I'll put him in that flex spot and I'll say, all right, while he's healthy, I'll take him. But I agree. But Arian Foster, and we know on this show that I'm an Arian Foster truther. I even when I even last year when I had him and I knew that he'd be injured uh, and he's always injured. Still, when he's healthy and he's not on that uh, that report, you you know you're going to get good games out of him. So here's a question I got for you. Kenny Stills, a lot of buzz going on about that guy's name. He had a great preseason, a lot of kind of buzz all off season with Devontae Parker. Where are you? Where? Where? Yeah. Where, what, what are you? What are you currently feeling? I like the Parker talent, the Parker bang ups, and, 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 and just unrelenting injuries and, and being being knocked. He just he just gets banged up. Where are you at with um, Parker? Where are you at with Stills? Give me a quick uh, lowdown on those on those uh, wide receivers for Miami. First off, let's just start off with Jarvis Landry, who I think is going to be a, a great pick this season. Um, other than that, I don't know if I want to own any of these other Miami wide receivers. Kenny Stills, yeah, we've seen flashes of Kenny Stills here in the past, uh, but he has been able to keep it up consistently. The quarterback, you know, I just don't think is very good um, fantasy-wise. You know, real life wise, to where he's going to be able to make a bunch of plays for Kenny Stills. Um, the thing is, Kenny Stills is a guy who can extend plays and get open late. And at a certain point, you know, Tannehill either looks to, you know, dump it off, he doesn't really look to throw those late deep passes, you know, down the field. If Kenny Stills is sitting there with Seattle, I like Kenny Stills a lot more than I like him with Miami. Um, Devontae Parker. Hamstring issues. Adam Gase coming out this week and saying this guy's got a lot of work to do on his body in order to make it through an NFL season. I like his talents and I like that he's still going to be able to make big plays. Uh, I'm still drafting Devontae Parker way ahead of Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is a guy who's going to be on my sort of waiver wire, you know, watch list early in the season in hopes that he could potentially have a Rashard Matthews tight breakout early in the season, similar to what he did in Miami last season, but, you know, new coaching staff and everything like that. But, I mean, if the tight ends don't step up for this team, this is a team that's going to be in three wide receiver sets a lot just because of the talent they have at that position compared to the dearth of talent they have at tight end. What are your thoughts on Tannehill? And then let's move on. There's almost no circumstances you could see me drafting Ryan Tannehill in a one-quarterback league. He doesn't fit with Brady in terms of schedule to be a four-week replacement. Um, and two QB, yeah, you got to think about it because he's probably a top 20, 24 guy. But I take another. I'd rather have Alex Smith than Ryan Tannehill. Me too. I got him 25. Yeah, I guess it's not great when you got your ice maker making a lot of ice during the middle <laughs> of the podcast. We apologize. And trains go by. Um, all right, let's move on to an NFC side. Let's go with our Bears. Oh, my God. I watched these guys live at Soldier Field. 
uh, last Saturday. I got burnt up to a crisp because it was supposed to be an overcast, rainy day. Sun came out and melted my face. Um, besides that, Kevin White looks absolutely lost. He's been, you know, the second worst wide receiver graded this offseason by P- uh, preseason by PFF. Inability to get open when when targeted, he can't even catch screen passes. I moved him down to 20 spots in my rankings. I like that. I will not draft Kevin White's in a redraft league. And we've already drafted him a bunch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't start Kevin White week one after watching this. Um, but just watching him play, he just doesn't look ready for the NFL game. And, and this looks like a team that's going to funnel targets to Alshon Jeffrey. And even Alshon Jeffrey, you know, struggled with drops last week. And this offense just didn't look like they knew how to call plays. And that's the most concerning. Yeah. It's like we have an unproven play caller. Um, can can the Bears turn it around? And remember, John Fox's whole thing: our offense is our offense is our offense. This is sort of quote this offseason when Gase got hired by Miami. Um, great, let's see that offense yeah. function at least a functional level. Uh, the offensive line missing Kyle Long. Uh, could he be back by Week One, which they expect? Sure, maybe, but I don't think he can fix all their ails. How did he hurt himself during the Campbell's uh, soup draft with uh, over at Breeze's house? Ah, got me probably. <laughs> probably dropped the can on his foot. But he's a tough guy. He's never missed a game in his career, so I'm not going to really harp on Kyle Long. But the rest of this offensive line just needs to perform. I mean, they've got some pedigrees. They got questions at center, and that's really going to hurt Cutler. I mean, chances are Cutler shouldn't be a starter for you. And he's a streaming guy, maybe a DFS target against the right teams. But right now, I need to see this offense come together before I can have a lot of faith. But that just gives me some faith in Jeremy Langford to where Jeremy Langford could be the bell cow. Jordan Howard's not worried. They're not worried about Jordan Howard taking goal line carries. They're not worried about Jordan Howard at all right now. Jordan Howard's playing with the fourth team because Jaquiz Watchers is with the second team because they need a guy who can pass protect and catch passes, which are two deficiencies of Langford from last year. So those guys are expected to be the two-team, you know, tag-team complement. And I don't even have Jaquiz Rogers on my redraft radar because I, I, don't, I don't really see that working out just because he's been so banged up over the last couple of years. So Langford could get a lot of work in this offense. Yeah, I agree. And he's, he's looked pretty good. I am sad to say, I've been, the last two seasons I've gone to a ton of Bears games, even not scared to go in, in November and December when it's super cold out there and uh, over by a soldier. I, I'm, I've, I've committed, I'll probably go to two games this year. I've only committed to the Titans game. Oh, no, I committed to the Titans and Jaguars. So I what about San Francisco? Don't they come here? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, <laughs> I, saw, I went to the San Francisco game last year, and that was the, that was the game that uh, oh, Torrey Smith. Goal, goal, yeah, goal, Robbie Gold missed an easy field goal to win it, and then Torrey Smith beat us. And I was just like, okay, I can't. I, and I, I, love the, I love the Niners, but it's still, I was pissed. Also, yeah. defense. Chicago's not going to be much better. They're going to be a team you can attack. Uh, Fantasy-wise, they've got to prove that they can stop the run on a consistent basis. They were able to get some pressure on the passer. I think that's something that we'll be able to continue to do, you know, here and there. But this is not a guy, a team to target defensively uh, in fantasy. But you can play against them a lot this season. 
All right, let's move over to another team on the AFC, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, obviously, Bortles, 35 touchdowns last year. If I, am I wrong, or did I even hear or read somewhere that through two seasons, he's got the most touchdowns through two seasons of any quarterback? I don't see that. I, I think Andrew Luck has to have more because he didn't throw that many in his first season. It was uh, close. So he hit 11. He hit 11 his first season and, 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 um, and 35 his second. So it was 46 the most through two seasons. I did hear that on the broadcast. Doesn't mean it's right, uh, but I was surprised to hear that. Uh, do you think, let's start with Portals. Do you think his value and his ADP is, is good? Um, do you think there's any way he can bring it back near that 35 zone? What are your, what are your thoughts on, on Bortles? So Bortles, I, I think, could, without the offenses going, I think that they could. He'd be tied with Andrew Luck if it was just 46. Um, he's a guy who could now be starting to slide a little bit drafts. So I think you're getting him at a lot better price than you were earlier in the offseason when he was being drafted. It's like QB5, expecting the exact same numbers from last season, which which seems like a harder thing to do. Um, but he's a guy who should be in the 30 to 32 touchdown range, and he's going to provide some value with his legs. And I think he... If he's drafted around quarterback 10, you could see a significant, you know, even return on investment. That's something that's good if you're drafting him later than the 6th, 7th round. But when he's going in that 5th round range, that's when I don't like him. Uh, other than that, Allen Robinson looks great. Allen Hearns looks great. Uh, this offensive line still doesn't look great, even though they spent significant money trying to fix it and beat him. Uh, other Let's talk about the running backs because T.J. Yeldon's getting a lot more play with the first team than Chris Ivory. But not looking all that great. He look, look, he's, he's looked pretty good. He, I've seen him make some bonehead plays. <laughs> ball, ball, I don't know. He, I mean, he's getting the opportunity, so I, I, I don't know. I, I Okay. This could definitely be a Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill situation. Yeah. And then that's like, is that the worst thing that could happen to these guys? No. But What about Julius? Julius made a lot of plays early in the preseason, you know, in training camp. Since then, hasn't made very many plays. Uh, you know, a couple drops in the end zone in the last preseason game. Julius is a guy, loads of talent. I just don't know if they're going to give him the ball enough over these two wide receivers. This is just a team that likes to just stretch the field vertically, and it's hard for them to stretch the field vertically to that tight end with you know, this offensive line. If they had a better offensive line to where they can run, run deeper routes with Julius Thomas, I, I think he'd be in a better place. But right now, uh, I, he's just a guy I don't really like at his price, even though I've got him ranked around the same. I just prefer to go for another guy at that same time. Here's one of the reasons why I like the Jaguars across the board from a fantasy football offensive standpoint. And we've seen it in the last two games uh, in the preseason. The preseason's the preseason. Things could change. They've got a young defense. they got people coming back from injuries. They had a lot of great free, free agent signings. A lot of great draft picks that are going to be starters this year. And Jack and um, who's, who's the fellow from Florida State or whatever. Uh, Jalen. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Uh, 
these guys are young, but they're looking like they're going to get getting scored on for this year because uh, they just looking like people, people offenses are moving on them. So I love that for in the same, and that was the same thing last year. And one of the reasons why I think they put up so many fantasy points is they had to be, they were in these shootouts continually. So I like that aspect for um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like um, Bradley uh, is, is still entrenched there. I, I'm all in on Allen Robinson. I'm, I got him as a, a keeper um, for, I picked him in the 10th round last year, so I'm keeping him for an 8th round pick this year. Pretty sweet time. It wasn't the, nearly even the best keeper in this league. There was a guy that had David Johnson super late last year and a, another dude that drafted Jordy Nelson super late even though he was injured and using him. But Allen Robinson, love that guy. He's a bona fide first rounder at this point. Do I like him first as a first rounder if I was doing it in the redraft? Yeah, but it's it puts some pressure on your team. I'd rather get one of those running backs. Anything else to say on this team? Alright. Nope. Let's move over to the uh, let's go to Jobo Wins. Uh, Joe Boo wins. We're going to go over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great uh, bomb throw to uh, Mike Evans in the, in the last game. When Joe Boo's going to be a sweet player this year. We know that he's got a tough sketch, strength of schedule, but I think he'll, he'll move beyond that. Uh, I worry about the talent uh, around um, Evans. But what are your thoughts about Winston, and what are your thoughts about the the rest of this team? You can move over to the running back. Just give a little a little spiel and a drop on what your expectations are with the Bucks. The Bucks are going to have a good offense. They're not going to have a good defense, so that's good for you know Mike Evans. It's good for Vincent Jackson, who's looked healthy, looked explosive in the preseason here so far. Uh, I think they're playing now because their game got moved. Yeah, it's playing right now due to that uh, tropical storm. storm. So is that San Diego? Is San Diego them? No, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, so basically, they completed a bunch of deep passes last week. They were able to stretch the field vertically. Um, Mike Evans was able to get open whenever he wanted, cut all of his targets. Uh, looked great. They're playing uh, the Redskins right now. And yeah. It looks like Mac Brown is sixty-yard touchdown. He's got 100 yards already. Uh-oh. My, my, my Matt Jones. I picked I, I picked the wrong guy with first name M. Matt Brown. That's awesome. What a name from the past. Go ahead. Sorry. So continuing on, you know, I just don't know how great James Woods is going to be for fantasy. I think, he's, I think he has a lot of upside, but he's a guy with a, lo- a wide range of outcomes that when I'm looking for a late-round quarterback, he's a guy I could pick for that upside. But he, if you pick him, that's a guy you have to prepare to stream with. Because if he just... I mean, he's the only guy last season, pretty much, to not throw two touchdowns against New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, the downside's definitely there. <laughs> um, this run game is going to continue to function. We saw it work with both Charles Sims and Doug Martin so far. These guys are one of the best running back tandems in the league. Complimentary skill sets. Definitely like that. I like the two wide receivers on the outside. ASJ getting back with the first team, getting the start. But also, they're, they might be a team that runs a lot of two tight end sets with Cameron Bright uh, because, basically, the third wide receiver spot is not great. They cut Dante Dye. Great. The 
jag. Doesn't really matter. But M. Humphreys has looked like a jag. So, lots of question marks for the depth at wide receiver, especially if Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans keep dealing with constant hamstring injuries, which they have over the first two years, or the still, last two years. You still high on Sims? Yeah, pretty high on Sims. I mean, if he's still high on Martin? Per top ten, I mean, I bumped him down a little bit, but I'm high on this team in general, but I think it's going to be a run-first team still, but they're going to stretch the field vertically, which is something you like if you're a Mike Evans owner, but that you know, could lead to those boomer bust type games. All right. Well, before we get into the next game, uh, one thing I want to bring up that I think the listeners should know, and it's something that we uh, we kind of brought up uh, when we were talking this week, stag parties, uh, and I'll segue this into a conversation here quickly into a uh, pyro promo. But the NFL has changed the designation for injuries this year, and I think. We are going to find that it's surprising how much it affects fantasy football. There is no more probable in the injury designation from week to week. So now you're either questionable, doubtful, or out. Think about how many times you had a guy probable basically last year was what? 85% playing. Uh, So now that whole uh, injury designation is gone. What are your thoughts? Is that something that's going to be a continual headache all season for owners? Do you think now all of a sudden uh, questionable is the new probable and if you're probable and now you can't use that designation that now there's just going to be a ton of questionable people? Think about that. If all the people that were probable last year now with the coach speak, guys like Belichick, guys like our Fox, guys, now all of a sudden you've got all these questionable players. What are your thoughts on how the impact that that's going to have on fantasy football owners this year with this new change? And when we talk to a lot of people, most owners don't even know about this. Most owners don't even know that this probable uh, uh, tag has been removed as part of a a new rule by the NFL. Anything, you have anything to say? Uh, You think it's going to be a headache for owners? It's going to be a headache because a lot more people are going to use questionable tags. It's just another, you know, it's a, so apparently they're going to do more fining if you, like, because questionable is 50% chance this guy will sit out. So then they're going to do more fining if a guy just overuses the questionable tag. Great. That's something you rarely hear. Um, But how's it going to help you as a fantasy owner if they find people? They're still going to do it. It's just money to guys with billions of dollars. Exactly. Um, So other than that, it's going to provide a little bit more headaches. Um, in DFS, you know, there's going to be some concerns. Lots of guys, you're going to have to make late changes. But they're either in or out, and more than likely, maybe they'll be in more. But you'll still have to sweat all Saturday night thinking about it. Just remember, this is something food for thought. No more, no more um, probable. The the lowest grade of injury you've got moving forward in fantasy football in the NFL this year is questionable. Look deeper into it. Just know the know your league and know the league, the NFL. So it's just something that I was thinking about. Like, damn, a lot of my players are going to be questionable this year that are probably absolutely playing just because coaches are trying to play mind tricks. And again, like you said, you think Bill Belichick is in a meeting with Kraft and Kraft's like, hey, I don't I don't want that ten thousand dollar fine. Uh, so just make sure you don't put too many guys that are probable and questionable. No, they don't give a shit about that. Any kind of mind games and advantages that a coaching staff can have 
at all against their opponents they're going to use. So, Val Barrick. That's so good. But it's your lips. I'm drinking just to give a little lowdown. We're here, sitting here on a, a nice Wednesday, August 31st. Can't believe it's almost September 1. Uh, but I'm drinking Firestone Luponic Distortion. And this is a part of the Revolving Hop Series. And this is a Firestone Walker Brewing Company beer. Uh, pretty big fan of this stuff. I, I, I had it the first time over at Burger Bar, my, uh, my spot, uh, on tap a couple months ago. And now they got it in a can. And when I see it, I really enjoy it. It's got that perfect kind of uh, hoppiness and citrusiness. And uh, it's one of those California beers I enjoy. Yeah, let's uh, hit up the next team. Let's do it. Oh, one, one little thing. Pyro promo based on that injury call. We've got a guy named Kay Mills who's on board now. We just brought him in in the last two weeks. Awesome, awesome news. We brought a lot of talent in. I'm going to try and give all of them credit. But Kay Mills, uh, a fella that that is going to be doing a Saturday injuries piece. So on every Saturday, we're going to be having like an injury what do you like to call it? Injury uh, roundup, whatever. Uh, I space the name of it. But every Saturday, injury piece. He's going to look through uh, guys that are missing practices, guys that are going, um, that are truly injured. And this will help you with that whole probable distinguishing uh, being removed uh, for injuries. And it's something that we haven't done. We did, I think, our first couple of years at Pyro. Uh, Mike Spike Jones uh, used to do that. And he would catalog uh, guys that practice and didn't practice when they were injured and uh, it's going to be pretty sweet because this guy that actually came Mills is a, a doctor in training so he's in school right now trying to become a doctor and uh, he reached out to us and said hey man I'd love to help out uh, with with the injuries and injury updates and injury reports for fantasy football on pyromaniac.com K Mills we're excited to have you in the mix we really appreciate uh, your um, reaching out to us and your your, the passion you've shown so far in the discussions we've had coming up with this piece, and uh, we're really excited for our listeners, and not our listeners, our, our viewers that come to pyromaniac.com to be able to go and not worry about their injuries and come to our site on Saturday and get the full-on week's update and be like, all right, this guy's doing good or this guy's doing bad, and it's coming from a guy that actually is a doctor, so or about to be a doctor. So great, great stuff. Let's move on to... Let's go to the Browns. Oh, the Browns. The RG3 red-led Browns. It looks like he's got that starting job on lock. Throwing to Josh Gordon in week five. You know, throwing to Coleman. Terrell Pryor. Gary Barnes. They've got weapons there. They've got depth at wide receiver. It all comes down to RG3 and whether he can get him the ball. Offensive line looked a little rough in the last game they played. That's going to be a concern. Um, RG3 just doesn't look like he has a lot of athleticism left, so I don't know how much you know rushing yards you can expect from that guy this season. So saying he's got a lot of upside, I mean, sure. If, the thing is, RG3's range of outcomes is the greatest of any quarterback in, that, in the league right now. He's he making those throws like he did his first couple seasons. Where it looks like he's got that touch, looks like he's got that completion percentage. Now, I'm not getting all gaga and getting in there. It's making me happy for a Gordon. It's making me happy for you know deep in deeper leagues uh, uh, a prior. Uh, and I, you already know that in my rookie leagues, I love a Coleman. 
But he's making those touch plays along the sideline. Look, he's standing back there in the pocket. So maybe that anti-athleticism is almost the best thing because it's like basically pocket throwing and or, or bust instead of him just looking downfield like, fuck it, I'm going to run. I mean, he's always throwing a great deep ball. The question is, can the offensive line give him time to throw it? Because once he sees any pressure in his face, he puts the ball down, and then he can't throw it. But it's just his natural reaction is he brings the ball to his stomach, and then how's he supposed to make a throw to the outside? Corey Coleman, we haven't seen much with RG3 lately, especially on the field. You know, nothing's been really put on tape in the preseason to make you excited about that. I agree. Um, but, you know, word out of camp is all three of these guys are making plays. Josh Gordon, he's big and can catch, according to Hugh Jackson. <laughs> so, this How many is games a, did he miss? Four? He misses the first four games as of now. He could do something stupid in between now and then. Um, Imagine but that. Josh Gordon, guy with a ton of upside. Two for 87 and a touchdown in the last preseason game. 50-yard leaping catch. You know, he showed a little bit of that explosion that made him so good uh, a couple seasons ago. The rest of this offense, you know, the run game, Isaiah Crowell, you know, he looks like the guy that might be the guy to own. He's got, so far this preseason, he has more third-down snaps than Duke Johnson. He has more red zone snaps than Duke Johnson, which shouldn't come as a surprise. And he has more, you know, regular snaps than Duke Johnson. So it looks like Crowell is going to be this guy that is the leader in the backfield a little bit more than we think. And I just don't know if Duke Johnson has, even if he were, if if Isaiah Crowell were to go down with injury, I just don't know what kind of workload Duke Johnson would get. This is a team, yeah, they're going to be losing. There's nothing that says their defense is going to be great for them to suddenly stop after throwing it in the same half. So, hey, Duke Johnson might get some, but Isaiah Crowell is going to get his own, and, you know, he could potentially be a value in drafts. Yeah, people read off teams and send us our, their drafts and all that stuff. One of those players that is even my uh, my nephew Luke sent, and he had a great team, and then he's like, and then I got my RV2 is Duke Johnson. I'm like, talk about that uh, staying erect. Didn't happen. I don't know. I'm not. I'm worried about. I'm worried about the running game in that situation. And again, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm really gonna be staying away pretty much from the team in general, other than Corey Coleman, especially because I'm in the rookie leagues. But Barnage, he's growing on me like a barnacle. And oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm on, I'm on the fleet. I'm on the fleet. Uh, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited for them in general because there's some momentum happening. Now, hopefully, RG3 can make it happen. And I like seeing – RG3 looks like he's happy. Where in Washington, whether it was Shanahan, whether it was Gruden, whether it was the fans, whether it was the relationship, the speculation, the inter- turmoil in the locker room, it looks like he's kind of figured out that i got to change things a little bit and he's having a good time playing the football. And at the quarterback position, I think that is wholeheartedly very important. You've got to be enjoying yourself and engaging with your uh, teammates and, and, and just being a, being in a right set of mind to be successful. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Let's move on over to the Saints and the, in the NFC. Um, what do you got? I mean, 
I don't have much for the Saints. This is a team that looks like the team that has been the team for the last couple of years. They're going to throw it. They're going to spread the ball around to all their different players. Kobe Fleener, you know, one day he's the talk of the town, and one day he's the they talk. Hate him. Next day they hate him, and he's dropping passes, and he's not getting open. And this I don't understand the, 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 the reads. It's, it's, it's weird. That's why he was super high. He was a number five, I think, tight end for me, and I kind of bumped him down a little bit this, this last time. Maybe I'm reading into the coach speak a little too much, but I know he's going to have a good season. I, I would love walking away with him as my tight end number one, but at the end of the day, um, I think the guy that's really getting the most uptick in the conversation is is, is Thomas, Mike Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, we haven't seen much. You know, we've seen some good plays, and especially that was like game one. one. Yeah. Um, besides that, Willie Sneed is still the number two wide receiver on this team, so don't suddenly expect Michael Thomas to blow up. I mean. If there is a quarterback who can support all the weapons, it is Drew Brees. They're going to toss it more than anybody. They're going to throw it you know, over 600 times. They're going to throw for nearly 5,000 yards. Should Drew Brees stay upright like he's been pretty much his entire time in New Orleans? So, I like all their weapons. I love Snead right now, to be honest. Yeah, he's going across in wide receiver 45 or so. He's been really? awesome in the preseason. He's going across the middle lot. He's making the catches. He's getting a ton of snaps. Sneed is is a guy that I gave I've given shit about last year. Didn't buy into. Giving shit about uh, in, the, in the early off season when you guys were all on the Sneed train. I think you guys have come down a little bit on it, but he just looks like a worker. He looks like the kind of guy that's sitting there and he's gonna he's gonna get it done. You got Breeze throwing it to you. Um, I, I like a sneak. The thing is, pick. Uh, basically, over the last five years, three of the last five years, Drew Brees has supported two top 36 wide receivers in PPR. So you're going to get a wide receiver one and a wide receiver three, or a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three in the case of Brandon Cooks and Snead. You know, you've, you've got that going to you. Um, and then Michael Floyd, you know, running that Colston role, you know, getting half the snaps in a game. He's going to make some impact plays, and then other times he's you know, not going to be on the field as much as Snead and Cooks. The real talk was, hey, why isn't, Snook, uh, why isn't Cooks being Snooks? I like it, Snooks. Why isn't, <laughs> why isn't Snooky why isn't Snooky going out tonight in Jersey Shore? I don't care. Uh, but why isn't Cooks getting targets You know, this preseason? I mean, you just know what Brandon Cooks is at this point. You don't have to worry about that guy. You got to see what you have in Michael Thomas. You got to see what you have in Willie Sneed. These games don't fucking count. Let's see what you have in other players. You know. So, uh, Kobe Fleener, I like his upside. Lots of question marks. I just think about the time that someone goes to draft him, I'm not ready at that point. Yeah, he's 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 cat shot up the boards. No question about it. Um, so I don't disagree. Before we get into this next time, uh, this next team over in the AFC, let's get into this. All right, the Raiders, ACDC, are they moving to Las Vegas? Are they sticking in Oakland? Is my haircut with no hair better than Al Davis's son Mark's haircut? A lot of questions coming out of uh, Oakland and the Raiders right now. Who asked that last one? 
You? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would rather have no hair and be go balding with the receding hairline like I did than have that haircut. That's basically what I'm saying. That's One fair. of the last pictures I posted uh, this week on around social media was a picture of uh, Amari Cooper, Fred Bolitnikoff, and uh, Michael Crabtree. I don't know why I love you know I'm a wide receiver guy. But when I see that kind of stuff, when I see the studs that I admire and, and, and cherish from the contemporary guys, the current guys, with the legends and the Hall of Famers like Fred Bolitnikoff, who happened to be probably one of my dad's top five players of all time. My dad loved the Raiders, loved Fred Bolitnikoff, loved, loved, loved Fred Bolitnikoff. So that was just awesome to see. Had to post that around Raider Nation, good, good stuff. If you guys are on Twitter. Red, I think the Raiders, I think on their website and on Twitter, I think the Raiders do probably the best job of any NFL team out there cataloging what's going on with their franchise year-round. Whoever's doing their social media and, and, and doing the videos and the hype train, it is awesome. Another one I saw this week was that behind, about 40-yard behind-the-back pass by Derek Carr. Uh, just awesome. Love it. Um, what do you want to say about these, these guys? And this is another team that hasn't had a lot of preseason talk. It's like this is a team that I feel pretty good about their defined roles. We know what their defined roles are. You know, Derek Carr's an up-and-coming quarterback. He's got an up-and-coming quarterback, uh, wide receiver, and Amari Cooper. I, my question is, why do you guys keep moving them up over other guys? Like, why would you rather have Amari Cooper over T.Y. Hilton? And why would you rather have Amari Cooper over, you know, Demarius Thomas and Brandon Marshall? Like, well, I don't amount, have him over Demarius, but the I, amount we're moving him up just seems a little high for me. For me, it's yeah, it's, it's it's the story of the health. It's the lack of competition. I know Crabtree's great, but I just worry a little bit that that Hilton. Is that boomer bus guy, and I do kind of. I'm buying in, and I've got Hilton higher than Moncrief, but I'm buying into that. Moncrief's going to make that astronomical leap this year, kind of like I think Crabtree did last year. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just buying. I'm buying into the Amari, the healthy train, the second year. I just pray that Amari Cooper isn't the second coming of AJ Green, and just continually has that kind of nonchalant. Uh, body energy when he's playing. So when I watch him, it's like sometimes you're just like, dude, you're playing football. Get excited. Get fired up. Just get even. You know, I don't know. It's just sometimes it looks like I just don't like it when NFL players, wide receiver, just feel like they're gliding through things and they're like, oh, all right, let's do this next play. I like high energy guys, but I'm all in on Amari. But again, he's going too high for me to draft. So. He won't be on any of my teams. And you know he was on all of mine last year. Amari Cooper, he's a second rounder now. <laughs> yeah. He won't, I'm not drafting Amari Cooper in the second round. Yeah. Um, the thing is, he is going very high. But then everybody's talking about this injury that we sort of knew about, but we sort of didn't. We knew about it after the season. We didn't know about it what was happening. But even, apparently, it sprung up in, like, week 13, week 14. He had his best fantasy game of the year during that stretch. So if you're saying he can suddenly be better because he's not injured, but while he was injured, he had his best fantasy game of the year, that that doesn't work as an argument for me. Um, All these other guys, much longer, you know, histories of success, much better chances at touchdowns, 
uh, in my opinion, just because this is a guy who just wasn't targeted in goal-to-go situations. How much trust does Derek Carr have in Amari Cooper? I just don't know that because they targeted Michael Crabtree a lot more on the red zone than they did Amari Cooper. Um, yeah, that was a dime he caught the other day. But again, that's from 30 yards out. Like, where's this... Uh, where is his red zone usage? I do like Amari Cooper. He just feels like he's drafting a little bit too high for me. Um, he's not. Gonna, my, I love him. He won't be on any of my teams. Now, too rich for my blood across the board, no doubt about it. Mike Crabtree, I think he can get a little bit of value out. I don't see his numbers suddenly dropping off uh, majorly. If anything, why can't his yards per reception numbers get better? Uh, they were down in the dumps last season. That's something that you know could be improved if Amari Cooper is a better player. Why? Why don't get to see him? You know, Michael Crabtree, wide receiver, Tuba. That's something I, I remember. Michael Crabtree was a great value last season. He's got. He's being drafted at wide receiver forty again. Yeah. He could be great value again because everybody's expecting this huge drop off. But because it, he it, signed his contract, and I don't, I don't buy that. I feel like he's a great player. I think he's got probably the best hands in the league. I, I'm not buying that he's going to be lazy now. I know that's Moe's Moe's whole deal with uh, Crabtree is that he got his money. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be lax now. I think he's a, a great player and wants to be great. But we know they've got a kind of tough schedule. Uh, we'll see. I, I honestly don't think that team. Maybe a car is my backup quarterback. I don't see my or I, and I like Crabtree a little bit, and I definitely like a Walford in deep, deep leagues. Um, Across the board, everybody I, has them at forty. So 40, 40, 40, I have them at thirty-three for Michael Crabtree. But uh, let's talk about this one game. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm staying away. I'm not into it. You won't even take a chance on DeAndre Washington. I, I mean, I, mean if, I, I like what I've seen. In Spurs, but I don't know. Again, I love. I actually really like the Raiders as a team in football, so I'm going to watch them a lot. But I'm not dying for the fantasy side of them this year. I think the expectations are really high. Again, I've said this in podcasts before. It feels to me like this year, and they could surprise. But it was like it was like year three ish, year two three ish of uh, Calvin Johnson on the Detroit Lions. Like all of a sudden, everyone thinks this team's going to be so freaking awesome, but it might not be the case. I mean. That definitely has a chance, but I mean, I think you're getting value out of pretty much everybody on this team besides Amari Cooper. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go over to the. Want to do the Green Bay Packers? Sure. Green Bay. All right. What's his name? Uh, got uh, is. That's Reut- the- Reuter didn't didn't get roided out and suspended. Who Peppers and Clay Matthews yeah. and their entire team that seemed to be on their yeah. entire defense yeah. that seemed to be the under H- suspicion. The HGH is now is now legal in the NFL because no one wanted to make Peyton Manning's uh, Peyton Manning's legacy be all about HGH. They didn't want to make him the next Barry Bonds. Ugh. HGH so, is so good. The real. News about the Green Bay Packers is now that the Minnesota Vikings have lost Teddy Bridgewater for the season. The Green Bay Packers are slated by Vegas to win every single game of the season. They are favorites in every single game. That usually means good things for their fantasy players. So look at you know Eddie Lacy, the what he call himself the other day, uh, Slimmy Lacy or something like that. Uh, it was hilarious. But besides that, oh, there's just 
everything seems to be coming back together. Randall Cobb catching that streak down the middle of the field for Marin Rodgers. You know, Jordy Nelson getting back on the field and running full speed and, you know, hopefully back full go week one. You know, Devontae Adams getting open but dropping passes. Um, Jeff Janis coming back from injury, you know, but, you know, they had their luncheon today. You know, no cash for Jeff Janis. <laughs> the one thing is their special team coordinator said the other day, I don't care if Jeff Janis has a cast on his hand. I will play him on the punt team, you know, with the cast on his hand. Because he's one of the best gunners in football, you know, due to his size, speed, and his ability to get off the line and make tackles. Um, so that that was funny. I don't care if he's got a club on his hand. He's playing. <laughs> Do you like in this situation... Where, where are you with Rodgers? What are your expectations? They're high. I mean, I... The thing is, Aaron Rodgers has such a high, high history of success in the league that it's hard to put him out of the top three or four quarterbacks. Um, I think ranking him any lower than three seems like a stretch. You know I hate his guts, and I've got him at three. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy... They've got talent around him again. They've got Jordy Nelson back. You know, Aaron Rodgers averages 50 pass yards more a game. Is Jordy? What are they, what's, what's his deal? Everything. I know they're keeping him out, but he's practicing again. Everything's fine. Full speed. They're okay. expecting him back by week one. Okay. I mean, Lacey. You know, they're expecting him to have a resurgence season. They're expecting James Starks to hold it. there? Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. He might. Imagine how much weight he can lose if he cut off his hair. I do you want Lacey on any of your teams? See, to get Lacey, just you have to draft at the beginning of the draft and look for him in the third round. Uh, I don't really get early draft picks for some reason. <laughs> I'm always at the end. Nice. Uh, Cobb, obviously, he's going to be the biggest benefactor of um, Mr. Uh, Jordy Nelson being back. Should be interesting. That's a crazy stat that those guys are favored to win every game. So they're going to go undefeated. They're going to go undefeated. I mean, they're not going to. Of but... course, of course. But that's pretty crazy. I did not know that stat. Um, Just we're yeah. from Chicago, and I love the Green Bay Packers as a franchise. I don't love uh, Aaron Rodgers for reasons that we all know. Olivia Munn. And, but if Aaron Rodgers is, is hanging around in the in the... I'm, I'm, I've been going more with the Andrew Luck in the fourth or fifth than Aaron Rodgers in the third and fourth. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers and her team sounds like a good time. I will say this in fantasy I'm not scared to take a quarterback in that first, but even though it's so deep, I like having one of those top two tier quarterbacks and going on that in the first five picks. I just feel like every time I look at my teams after mocks, after the drafts I'm doing, um, you know, I did a blog talk radio expert league mock, uh, or not mock, a real draft last week, and uh, maybe it was a couple weeks now, but, and I got luck in the fifth round. I loved it, you know, it's just like when you look at that team and you just know that I don't have to worry about that. I'm like, uh, there's a bye week worry, and as long as they're healthy, I've got six, uh, fit, you know, 16 games of this player in 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 a spot I am, I'm only in QB uh, one QB leagues I don't got to worry about that I love the way that feels as opposed to grabbing my third running back 
or my fourth wide receiver or whatever or going I go pretty early on tight ends too but I'm down with the program even with the depth of quarterback of getting one of those top two tier maybe stretching into the third tier kind of zone I mean I'll take a stab at anyone in the sixth round fifth round is too rich for my blood that's just how I play and I I, like when you show us your rosters and you took an early QB and an early tight end, that's when I'm really not going to like your team. I, I like it when you could do one or the other um, and then sort of get a lot of those wide receivers early, um, you know, potentially one good running back and a lot of receivers, whatever strategy you want to go with. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. I just have, I've, I've liked, I don't disagree with you. It's, it's, it's neither here nor there, but I've liked some of the running backs that I'm able to get in that fifth to eighth round, fifth to ninth round, and I'm surprised. I'm like, all right, I, I can go into battle with this guy, and a lot of times it's like my third or fourth running back. So uh, we'll see. Anything else to say on the GBPs? Nope. All right, let's go over to... Uh, we'll go over to... We already did the Ravens. No, we'll do the Ravens quickly. So Baltimore, say, Baltimore Ravens, their new freshly signed tight end, uh, Ben Watson, down for the season with an ACL injury. Uh, you know, sad to see him, you know, go down. Um, that sucks, but now Dennis Pitta coming back from a broken finger. Uh, he could make an impact again if his hip stays in place. Uh Crocky Gilmore is currently the starter because of Dennis Pitta's broken finger. You know, Max Williams struggling a little bit in preseason in camp. He's a guy who might take longer to develop than we initially expected. So, outside of that, the wide receivers, we've seen Steve Smith held out in this preseason. But, you know, we've seen Brashad Perriman finally get back on the practice field. He is going to play in this week's preseason. First game. action ever, right? So, well, first... Pro game, I guess you could say. He's never done. He didn't do pre. He's never. Yeah, he's never done that. Never done any NFL action in a game. So crazy. You know, Brashad Perriman. We're finally going to get to see him on the field. I think we know who Steve Smith is. We just got to see how much he has left in the tank. You know, after this Achilles injury. Um, other than other other than that, you know, Mike Wallace. I, I like Aiken at a certain point. No, I, just, I agree. I agree. I, mean, I think you had him ranked the highest out of all of us. I'm not 40, saying, you're, I'm not saying you're, you're going to reach for him or anything or think he's the next thing. But uh, Yeah, for, I've got him at 47. Um, and, and I don't know if Steve Smith is going to be the man when he comes back. What about Wallace? Whatever. <sighs> Wallace has been making plays, and then he's been making boneheaded plays. He's Let's, been, he's been say, like Wallace. I say, we, I say we move off from this team. It's like, there's nothing we can say well, that's going to put any anything into focus. Also, we just do have to mention Kenneth Dixon, his sprained MCL injury out You know, the first month of the season, uh, perhaps. Uh, but also, with that MCL injury comes all that development time, so he could be a guy who comes in late in the season and makes an impact. At this deep running back core. But it looks like Terrence West is the second man in this rotation behind Justin Forsett. And he's also going to see third down work. We've got to remember that Terrence West was a highly regarded pass catcher. Yeah. Before, so he, he could also steal some Buck Allen. So I soured heavily on Buck Allen in this version of Tears. 
I bet you I don't have one player on this team. Maybe a, maybe a backup quarterback super, super late in Flacco uh, because we think it all runs through him, but that, it, I'm a little scared on that one. All right, before we get into the New York Giants, let's listen to this. All right, we're going to hit into the New York Giants. Uh, Mr. Odell Beckham's been having some interesting... Uh, stuff happening to him or <laughs> posting interesting stuff on social media we won't mention it but that guy's a real piece of work uh, <laughs> it's a good thing he's good at football yeah he's really good at football but he's really he's really out there he feels really he's, he's having a good time with all the rest of the teammates in the in, in the in the grotto so what do we got to say Eli's nothing to talk about he's gonna play 16 games He's getting drafted higher than he's ever been drafted, and I'm not going to have him on too many of my teams, but I wouldn't feel terrible going into battle with him because of Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I mean, Odell's Odell. They've got Sterling Shepard now, who they've really liked, but they want to see more from Victor Cruz. They want to see who the player Victor Cruz is now because they are not counting him to be the player that Victor Cruz was earlier in his career. They want to see Victor Cruz and his capabilities now, and he might play in a preseason game four, so they can see that. Um, that's something rarity for a guy of his ilk, a guy of his sort of contract status. Um, other than that, Will Ty, Larry Donnell is the big you know, battle. Um, Will Ty is apparently a little bit behind Larry Donnell, which scares me a little bit, um, but that, I just think... Ty's talent will eventually win out at that position. I don't know if it'll be week one. These guys are both going to get work. But this is a team that runs a lot of three wide receiver sets. So if it's not Victor Cruz, who's the third wide receiver? Mm -hmm. Because I have no fucking idea. Well, Victor Cruz, didn't they say in in, in practice he had caught his first practice catch in like 630 days or something like that? I can believe that. (laughs) 630 days. That's that. That's uh, a long, uh, a cold spell that you've got to work back from. We'll wish him the best. Obviously, great guy. But I agree with you. It's like we're. Uh, let's look at it. the receivers. Shepard looks great, but he's a rookie, and I'm high on Shepard. I think everybody is. He looks. He's made great plays. Nothing but great positive news coming out of camps and um, throughout the whole off season. But look around that whole team, even running backs and everything other than Odell. I mean, a lot of question marks. There's just not that. Remember, we were talking at the beginning of the show about the Chargers. Imagine if they had half the amount of talent on this team that the Chargers have across the board. And I don't know. It just seems like they're not aggressively trying to go get free agents. They spent more on the defensive side of the ball than any team in the history of the league in one offensive season, uh, in one defensive like offseason. Yeah. So they spent all their money trying to fix that side of the ball. They think McAdoo and his scheme can do the rest on offense, you know, with Eli and Odell. But they they're also counting on Rashad Jennings to be the lead ball carrier. Um, You know, Andre Williams is sort of out of the mix now. They might somehow keep five running backs on the roster, though, because they like what Orleans Darkwell provides on special teams. Uh, I liked what I saw out of that guy last year. He looked like he's he's got a guy could play on something. But Paul Perkins is a guy to look for down the stretch. You know, Rashad Jennings has a history of injuries. Uh, That's not something you can look away from. But Chamberlain might be underdrafted. 
the way he they're going to use him as a third down pass catcher and you know that you know what his role is going you know into the season and that's probably one of the better things in the offseason is you know they're They've got a little more clarity at the running back position than they did last year. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm higher on Rashad Jennings than I have been in a few years uh, because in, in an area in Foster when he was on the Texans kind of way, where when he's playing and he's healthy, I feel good that he's going to get a touchdown and get a lot of carries, maybe have a couple nice games, but there's no freaking way you're going to get him out for a whole season. So when he's healthy, I like a Rashad Jennings and what he's going to be able to do. Um, we'll see. Let's see if Bob Mack can do can do some fantasy football points for, uh, not Bob, Bob's an old NBA player. Uh, <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben and Jerry's. Ben, ben and Jerry's. Uh, we'll see. Odell Beckham, hopefully he can stay healthy. Some of his offseason antics and just the way he is in general. Defenses are going to be aiming for that guy. You I said just, that last season. But, and he got, but look what happened. He got to see, it, it worked out. He got suspended one game. But he stayed healthy. I, hey, I'm an ODB guy, dude. If I had the second pick, I'm, I'm taking ODB over uh, over uh, an Antonio Brown. Man, I love the guy. It's just guys in the league hate, hate his guts. So I just hope he can stay healthy. Um, all right, we go on over to, let's do the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, so they had the DGB trade a couple weeks ago, but now they've got rookie sort of sensation in Tajay Sharp, who, hey, he had one game where he caught, what, seven passes, all seven of his targets, and then last week he caught, what, one of five, but it was a 62-yarder. He looks fast as fuck. So you've seen two different sides to this guy, the consistent guy, the splash player, and that's something you like seeing out of a young guy. Sure. You know, Marcus Mariota, we've seen distribute the ball to all those sort of weapons, that's something you wanted to see out of him. So, I'm fairly excited. We've, we've seen Derrick Henry be an absolute monster in the preseason. How does that shake out with DeMarco Murray, who's had a very good preseason on his own? You know, this team looks good. I mean, they've got pieces. This team could be in a lot more shootouts than we think. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the offensive firepower to be much more equipped yeah. than they did last season. And now they've got more depth at the wide receiver position than they did last season. So losing you know, Kendall Wright to another hamstring injury for the third and fourth week of the preseason, you know, it doesn't sting as much as it did last season. So now you know, they've got a lot more playmakers on that, which only means good things for Marcus Mariota, but the one guy who got the boatload of targets was Delaney Walker, which could mean a downtick in his targets. Uh, so wait, you do you like Walker or you don't like Walker? I mean, I like Walker. I just don't like his price. Going yeah. at the fifth tight end off the board, I just think his targets come down, and you know, a couple of those touchdowns were fluky. And oh yeah, yeah. they they both came against me, and I dro- I dropped Mary, I dropped him, and got the guy picked him up, played him against me. Um, <laughs> so one question I got for you, Mariota, he's kind of coming down for you, or he's still as high as you were uh, a few months for him? I mean. I think he's a borderline top 12 option. I think I've got him at 14. Not moving. I mean, he's going to run more of the season. They've so got it's the running aspect that you really love. Yeah, and the efficiency with the ball. You know, he completed a lot of his passes in his rookie season. The talent around him is better. This is a team that's going to run play action off of this sort of run game. If their run game is better, it's only going to help their play action passes. And there are their wide receivers are better than they were last season. Marcus Mariota is going to take a step forward. Cool. like it. Um, one, one quick question on this team. 
you guys know you know that I'm the highest out of us so like by far far margin on DeMarco Murray um, you you've seen him have a good off season uh, or preseason you just think it's the Henry aspect you think that he's gonna get that it's that much time doesn't that almost like I almost think it helps DeMarco the fact that Henry's gonna come in be able to bruise him up and then in the end of the third quarter DeMarco's gonna be able to have two or three drives where it's like you got another beast that's been totally, uh, you know, it's totally ready to go and isn't gassed. Like, the whole Henry thing for me is increasing my love for DeMarco. I think it could help for touchdowns in some cases. I think, hey, if DeMarco gets a long touchdown down there, we've seen him get gassed after a long, a long run. Time, yeah. And then, hey, you know, you bring in the hammer in Henry, so he loses some touchdowns. And the thing is, my most annoying they, thing ever is, and we talked about this on shows two, three years ago. It's like great drive. It's like I'm gassed. You've never seen Adrian Peterson in your life do a drive and get down inside the red zone and be like, "All right, my work's done here." He's like, "Fuck this, dude. I'll, I'll rest after I score this touchdown." So annoying when you get guys that get want to get pulled out before that touchdown. But. Yeah, besides that, I mean, is he going to be their full third down pass catcher? Are they going to go series by series with the running backs? I mean, or is Dexter McCluster going to get more run than we think? I just think there's a lot of sort of... I'm not worried about that. You're not worried about that. I mean, I am for third down work if I'm worried about his catches. I mean, I think this is going to be a team that just distributes it a little more evenly, and I don't know what the overall upside of his touches are. Like... That's, I think he's capped out on touches in a certain way because of all the other talent. But I do want to note that this team also cut David Cobb, and no team claimed him. So when I said he sucked last year and he was slower than molasses... We've been yep. saying that for the last two years. <laughs> that guy blows. Um, all right, uh, quick quick, quick uh, Pyro promo. I'm going to be recording the Pyro Podcast Light with Pyromaniac Mo this Friday. I don't really know what we have in store for the show. Mo's kind of concocting up the agenda for it uh, tonight and tomorrow. But it will be a lot of preseason stuff. We're also going to be obviously covering pretty heavily the Thursday game, uh, the first opening game, and a lot of um, week one stuff. But Mo will then be recording the following Friday with Houdini, which will be his official week one kind of news and reviews right before the uh, a day or two before those uh, kickoff games on Sunday. But I'm excited to do uh, be there with Pyromaniac Mo. Congratulations to him and all you Pyros. Uh, he moved into a new uh, place with him and his wife and his family and he's really excited. He's got a nice little uh, nice little river he lives on now so he's going to be able to have a boat and Pyromaniac Mo, we love you. Congratulations. Excited to get back into the full swing with the Pyro Podcast Light. If you're listening to us um, for one of the first times, this is the Pyro Podcast Fantasy Football Fire. We call this the heavy. We usually go about three hours, sometimes two and a half. If we're very lucky, 2.15, and we've done a five-and-a-half-hour show. Uh, but that Pyro Podcast light, and Mo's gotten longer with it because it's hard to not. But uh, on that show, he gives the on Fridays, he gives the last bit of news, the updates, the injuries, all that last fantasy football goo on Friday because in-season we record on Tuesday night so that we can get as much shelf life out of it as possible. As we said at the beginning of the show, we do a lot of player, uh, I mean weekly matchup type stuff. Uh, last little thing that I'll add on to that is a pyro promo. 
is that this week or this year, and we are uh, we're super psyched about this. Louis Mack, welcome to the party, pal. Louis Mack is going to be doing a weekly weekly matchups piece that is going to be awesome. We kind of uh, have the prototype of it based on non-real-world week one stuff uh, that he's working on right now. So next Thursday, no, I think Tuesday, he's going to deliver it earlier, for, early for week one. But we are going to have, a, a you know, it, we, ha we do with this heavy, we do the Pyro Podcast, and um, we talk about these weekly matchups. So now we're actually going to have a piece that is written up all the 16 games, when there are 16 games, all players, all teams, all the relevancy, written as an article, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, let's uh, hit up the next team. Who we got? All right, let's do Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles cut Ruben Randall. Jordan Matthews returns to the practice field. Nelson Aguilar shines, apparently, in practice. Uh, outside of that... Not a lot of hot takes for the Eagles. Uh, I mean, it looks like Darren Sproles is the number two running back on that team, however. With, hey, if Ryan Matthews, when he goes down. If, when? <laughs> uh, I didn't say if for a reason, <laughs> Mr. Glass. I know. I know. Um, but uh, when he, when, if he goes down, you know, Kenyon Barner probably gets carries. Uh, right now, he's ahead of Wendell Smallwood on the depth chart. Uh, so that's something to be I, I think we pretty much removed Wendell Smallwood from our top 75 running backs. Yeah. I think there was a couple holdouts, but collectively he's out. Um, I, I have him at like 103 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Wendell Smallwood could be a guy down the line. Yeah. So he's a waiver wire watch list guy for the season. Um, but Kenyon Barner could be, I mean, if you're looking for the direct handcuff, I would probably go with Sproles over Kenyon Barner to begin the season with, but Barner would probably be the guy who'd get the uptick in carries if Ryan Matthews were to go out. Um, other than that, you know, Jordan Matthews looks like the only real receiver there, but then Darius Hayward Bay going to get played with the ones potentially. Uh, it's going to be able to be a red zone weapon for them. Uh, so that, that could only hurt Ertz potentially because, hey, we needed an uptick from Ertz's touchdowns for him to be a fantasy true dominator at, at the tight end position after scoring just two on, what, 800 and nearly 900 yards last season? I've got a hunch about Ertz, but I had a hunch, hunch, a hunch on Ertz three years ago, and I was totally wrong. So if this guy burns me twice, I'm going to be pissed off. Val Verde. I do like a DBG. Um, in the situation, you know, I caught a, a nice red zone touchdown uh, this week. Um, I kind of like him. It seems like he's the wide receiver too there. I don't care what how much they're saying Aguilar looks good. Um, but the only thing I know out of this is Matthews is actually coming at a nice. I like where Matthews goes. He's going to get hurt. They're all going to get hurt pretty much. And you got to specify which Matthews. Cause there's oh, two yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Matthews, <laughs> the uh, running back. The one with one T. Uh, and I, I like Jordan Matthews, but a lot less than I did the previous two years. Uh, the one guy I do like, again, I'm in these rookie leagues, try that format, it's fun as hell, but Wentz, I have a feeling that from about week eight on, I think Wentz is going to be the quarterback. I just don't see, I think some of the deficiencies that Bradford has, he can't stay healthy himself. If the team's not doing great, 
what it, what in the right mind reason are they going to keep going with Bradford? I think the second half of the season will be a Wentz. Uh, what do you think? I, I don't know. It's just because they made a public plan. And when teams actually come out and say things like, this guy is sitting all season, I think they rarely go back on that. Especially when they've There's got There's owners. Chase. There's owners that need to fill in the seats. Ah, maybe. And the, 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 and Philadelphia the, is not a, t- a team that has struggles, you know, selling out their stadium. They will be fine. Yeah. One couple things. It looks like the NFL is going to announce the draft next year. Boo, stags. We're not going to be able to go over to the Grand Park and watch the draft next year. Uh, I meant that literally. Didn't mean that boo-hoo to sound like it was uh, <laughs> facetious. Uh, I'm bummed out. I love that draft being in Chicago, but it looks like they're going to announce uh, in the next day or so that it's going to Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, Lurie, as a as an owner, is going to be like, you know what? We've seen. It's not like the team is rallying around Bradford. He basically went MIA and quit on the team for a couple months, and now everything's hunky dory when he realized no one in the league wanted him. He was trying to he was trying to get his trade over to Denver. Um, I don't know. I think I think I like a Wentz uh, starting some second half of the season. But regardless, nothing that you need to be doing in a redraft league that doesn't have anything with uh, rookies. He's not a starter this season uh, for fantasy football teams, quarterback at all with that depth. Uh, what else? Should we move on? Yep. Let's look the next one. Nice. Uh, Bengals. So the Bengals. We have seen a lot of the Bengals and a lot of. AJ Green rolling his ankles, you know, coming out of the lineup on, you know, last week. So that was a little disconcerting, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. They just held him out as a precaution. We've seen splash plays from Tyler Boyd. We've seen great diving catches. We've seen catches in the end zone. I have really liked what I've seen out of Tyler Boyd this preseason. Uh, I have not liked what I've seen out of Brandon LaFell, but I could have wrote you a book about that last year. Um, the rest of the team, you know, is a lot of question marks depth-wise. But then it all comes back to this running game, to where Jeremy Hill looks great, looks like he's got a step back, looks like he's got his little confidence and swagger back, which could be big for his value and where he's going in drafts. I think he's a good, you know, target if you start off with three six wide receivers. Six RB two. Yeah, if if he's an RB two, that's sick. But if even if you start you know, a bunch of wide receivers, and you go Jeremy Hill in the fourth, fifth right round, and he's your RB1, I think you'd feel pretty decent about that. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that is going to get red zone touches. Um, it, it looks locked in. They, they're they going to feed him in the red zone. And Gilles Bernard looks explosive as hell. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to play sort of that hybrid running back and play a lot of wide that slot receiver. wide yeah. receiver. Absolutely. And that's something you've got to like. Um, when he goes out there. This is a guy with natural athleticism to make people miss. He's a natural punt returner. He In space, this guy is super dynamic. So his touches can potentially increase. I moved him up, you know, five or six spots in my tiers. This is a guy that's never finished out of the top 24 running backs, even though he's been in the timeshare for three years. Yeah. So I think we've had him undervalued a little bit all preseason, but now... 
Uh, I don't know if you guys came around. At all. Oh, I did. I did. Well, I watched watching the game when they had him split out all the way out. I don't even think it was a slot. I think he was like he he was he was out. He was the wide out and at the wide receiver ask position, uh, and he got that touchdown. I was like, wow, they're doing this. Okay, and I agree with you. He's got an elite talent. He's kind of got that Marshall uh, Falk kind of aspect to him. Eifert. I'm drafting him in leagues, just so you know. He's, I know he's out. He's coming back. But because of that, he's get, you're getting him at a value. I've tr- taken him in a couple drafts where I was like, he's the highest guy on my tiers. I'll, he's not my number one tight end, but as a number two tight end, when he comes back, if he can make some magic happen, that is awesome. Loving a Dalton as a, wider, as a quarterback number two. And just in general, here's my, my human elements, as we've been calling it, stag party, is... This team, remember the last time they played a real NFL game? It was one of the most demoralizing losses to their biggest rival ever in that champ. Uh, that was in the, in the uh, AFC divisional uh, playoff game last year. That game, they just unraveled and just fell apart. I've never seen anything like it. Like I'm not even a huge Bengals or or pro Steelers fan, but that was like a game that like. Stuck with me for a couple days. I was like, God, I feel bad for those people. They are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Dalton's a much better player than what we thought he was over the, his first four years in the league. He's a great quarterback. You got AJ Green. You got good coaching system. Nothing's really changed, um, other than Hugh Jackson's gone. But the in general, that team's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Great defense. You gotta like you gotta like them uh, and what they can do. They're a power and numbers team. All right, let's go over to the Falcons and let's kind of breeze through Falcons here. Um, Devontae, pretty much uh, Freeman. I, I think. Are you liking him? I know that. Let me, to think back a year ago, is the value there for him? A year ago, you were high, you were on it, you were high on him, and he obviously pulled through big time. Uh, I'm a little worried when I see people keeping him as a keeper or people drafting him. It's like that you said a number of times in the show, there's ceilings and floors like Devonta Freeman. The, where this season can go for him, for me, is is, is so large and so really? Yeah, He's got a nice, high, high floor. Because he catches passes, that keeps him on the field. I mean, it, even if they take everything else away from him, He's a guy who's going to catch 80 passes. I got you, but by comparison, I just don't want... I, by my expectations of what happened last year when he was the number one running back in fantasy football, I, I got to consider that. His ceiling, he could still be number one running back. He could be. But I feel like his floor is definitely uh, back down to two years ago. <laughs> I, I don't know about that because he's always going to be the pass catcher over Tevin Cole. But he's an early pick. I mean, sure, but that has nothing to do with his floor. It does to me. <laughs> if a guy, a, a guy's floor, if he's getting picked in the second round, his floor is is a bait is is, is on, on the third floor. Okay, <laughs> so he's got to return third round value for you to see him as a. I mean, let's just think about. I mean, if they take everything away from him, he's still getting catches. That. In PPR leagues and in leagues where you get any sort of points per reception, he is going to be a valuable member. Do I like having to draft him in the second round? No. <laughs> I, have I you like seen him? him? Have you seen him in any of your drafts or any of your mocks go to the third? Yes. 
do you do you pounce then? If I had picks in the early third round, I would. But I'm always the back, so he's and he's gone. He's gone. So what? You don't. You're not worried about the Tevin Coleman aspect. Even if I'm worried about the Tevin Coleman aspect, I I know what he's getting. They're not going to take him out of the red zone either. He's a better red zone runner than Tevin Coleman. So he's getting the most valuable touches of running backs. He's getting catches. And he's getting red zone carries, which which are great for floors. I mean, even if we talk about how bad Jeremy Hill was last season, he still had a great floor as a touchdown scorer. And Devonta Freeman's got that aspect to his game. As a receiver. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, do Could he return value? Sure. Because we're getting him at the eighth, ninth running back as to as opposed to number one, because everybody's just saying Tevin Coleman's gonna get more carries. Sure he could, but he can still, you know, be more efficient as a runner, which he wasn't last season. This offensive line, you know, didn't look great in pass protection, but that didn't seem to stop Devonta from getting um, dump offs. There's there I like Devonta, but I also like the aspect of Devin Coleman late. Why does this team, the last time they were a Super Bowl caliber team, and this is with the same core other than a Robbie White gone, and, 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 and not the why have they not gone in, for a tight end? Why are we still sitting here and Jacob Tammy is their tight end number one? Like, why does this team not realize, wow, we had success when we had an awesome tight end? There was free agents to be signed. There's draft picks to be picked. I just don't understand why this team doesn't realize that a, that a Julio Jones with a with a force of a tight end that can catch passes and keep it more in the intermediate and short routes is is the way to go, especially with a Matt Ryan. I just don't understand why they, they haven't gone out. I mean, they draft they drafted Austin Hooper to you know. How's he doing? Mixed reviews. Jacob Tammy's still the starter. You know, he's a he's a rookie tight end who's going to need a lot of work on his blocking and route running. Just the usual tight end stuff. It takes a while. Like tight end might be the second hardest position to yeah. transition from, other than quarterback from yeah. college to the NFL. We Systems are so much different. So there's no, there's really almost zero cases other than like a Jeremy Shockey of a successful rookie. Grok, but Gronk. all touchdowns. Yeah, and I that's mean, Tom Brady. I, I don't know. And then you got Muhammad Sanu. Hey, I guess he could be overvalued or undervalued because he's the wide receiver too. This team will throw it enough to where he's going to see you know 100 plus targets. And yeah, you can get him pretty much for free at the end of drafts. Julio Jones. We don't need to talk about him. Uh, well, guys, a beast. Let's move over to Buffalo Bills. Ty God, I'll let you talk a little bit. They, obviously, they dropped Carlos Williams a few weeks ago. A couple weeks. No one's claimed him. I'm surprised about that. But uh, give me, give me a little lowdown on the Bills. I, I pretty much won't even say anything. I love Watkins, uh, but that's pretty. Yeah, much the Bills. The Bills are a three, maybe four team pony. I mean, Ty God's got you know value as a late round quarterback. If you play in four point passing leagues. You know, he's got that value as a rusher because he's going to score touchdowns, and he can even score more touchdowns than he scored last season. Um, you know, his value, he rushed for, what, more yards than everybody except for Cam Newton last year on a per-game basis, so he's got that nice floor for you. Um, other than that, Sammy Watkins, I love Sammy Watkins, especially when I can get him as my third wide receiver or in the third round. 
that is insane value for me. Um, I've got them at 11. And I think you guys are collectively a little bit lower or fairly close. So um, I'm 11. I got oh I got Watkins at 10. Uh, Houdini's got him at 14 and Mo at 13. So this is a what tier three guy, tier four guy, depending on how you break out your tiers. Uh, but Sammy Watkins, I love his value. I'm a tier three. And now that we've seen him healthy in the preseason from this little you know foot injury and everything, you guys. Can wipe away all those concerns that you had. He's gonna be good to go for week one. Uh, I mean, don't wipe them away. You just hope about the. It's that same thing. It's it, there's a, there's there's two screws in his foot. There's not not a wipe away, but you wish for the best. But he's playing week one. He's playing week one. That's a lot better than some people were prognosticating Absolutely. for early in the season. So besides that, it's Lashawn McCoy's backfield. The question is, who's the number two running back? They're saying, hey, it could be some Reggie Bush because Mike Gillisley's. You know, been missing time with concussion. That's, they signed Reggie Bush. They let go of Carlos Williams. I think something has to be coming down on Carlos Williams, like a longer suspension. Uh, I think yeah. something's in the pipeline yeah, to was... where to where a team just hasn't scooped on him. You know, no matter who it is, it's or, a it, it's a um, or it, there's a lingering injury. It's a nine month suspension because he's he's pregnant. <laughs> he sort of looked the part. Uh, <laughs> other than that. You know, Charles Clay could be a bit of a value just because there's very I'm, – I'm not going to stretch to draft Charles Clay, but there's nobody else there to catch passes. Robert Woods, you know, you know, the preseason hype of Des Lewis is faded. You know, all these other guys, they cut, what, Greg Little the other day. Wide receiver behind Sammy Watkins is Barrett. And number two is going to be Robert Woods. So, I mean, I guess he could see a little bit of fancy value. All right, let's go on to the Detroit Lions. Um, quick shout-out, John Burke. You're the man. He's a Lions fan. Uh, he's helping us out with some uh, marketing, and we're actually going to be doing something interesting. I'm not even going to mention it on this show, but we're doing something interesting with this show, the podcast. Uh, Burke's helping us out behind the scenes. Been a Pyro fan for ages. I actually talked to him on the phone for half an hour this morning. So, Burke, the second, you're the man. Thank you so much. Excited to see about some of the things we're going to be able to do uh, with our marketing and and, um, and, and some of the other uh, uh, momentums we're trying to do uh, for this show. Um, all right. I don't even know where to start. You got Marvin Jones looks great. Marvin Jones looks great. The offense as a whole pretty much looks great. Lots of sort of hurry up. Stafford could come into value after, you know, sort of having Unquestionably a, well. Sort of having a resurgence season last year. The offense in the hurry up means more plays, and Jim Bob Cooter knows how to push those buttons. And it looks like, remember, Tate scored at a high rate once Cooter was yeah. the uh, offensive coordinator. So. I like sort of all these pieces. Amir Abdullah finally got back and got touches and sort of got all the touches with the first team in the, that last preseason game. So, yeah. And then there's Theo Riddick who's been getting more carries and Zach Zenner who's likely to be the pilfer uh, towards the red zone. You know, they cut Steven Ridley, so that gives you know, Zach Zenner some short yardage and goal line hope. But I still think Amir Abdullah gets the first cracks at goal line carries early in the season before they, you know, teams don't like bringing in specialists because when you bring in specialists, teams know what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, so. Great they, point. They, That's a great point. That's a great point. They like 
Yeah, well, keeping the same package in there, keeping the same guy in there, seeing, so you have no idea what's going to be going on. That's a great point. I never even really that, that's a great point. Uh, do you like Abdullah? Uh, I do. He's coming at a value. You yeah. don't have to draft him at nearly the hype train you had to draft him at last year. Uh, what about Ebron? Ebron. He's, he's just he's got that Achilles strain, or they're not even really telling us what it is. Is he playing week one? He's questionable right now. Uh, at best, I mean, I think he's a guy who could play. But with this questionable tag, do we have any idea? I mean, he could be probable by now, but he's going to give a questionable tag. So you got to make other arrangements. Like, until we see him on the field, you know, all week of practice. Are you or, drafting Ebron? I drafted Ebron as my tight end, too. But, but being honest, I might be forced to drop him because I didn't draft my kicker in defense again. You uh, dumb fuck. Hey, it happens. But you know what I've got out of it? I got Garrett Blunt in the 16th round before a Deion Lewis injury. <laughs> That's a good time. But I like coming out of these drafts with an Arizona Cardinals and a Gostinkowski. And you don't have to go too early. Oh, man. Every draft I've done, I've got those two teams. I love Arizona Cardinals defense this year. I think they're going to be ridiculous. And they're actually going as like the fifth defense. And I love Gaskowski. All right, let's move on. I like the Carolina Panthers defense. Can we talk about them? Well, yeah, let's go about the Panthers. Uh, we, didn't we just do an NFC team? I don't even remember what team we're talking about. Yeah, we're moving on. We're moving <laughs> over. We're going over to the AFC and Andrew Luck with his hopeful resurgent and the Colts. And, Andrew Luck's looked great this preseason. Yes. Made sharp, quick passes. Got the ball out of his hands quick. The offensive line still looks like it's got some work to do. Oh, that's um, brutal. Yeah, it, it's, he's, he's, he's going to keep on getting pegged, dude. Yeah, but he's, but he's getting it out fast. I realize it's got to be a quick hit, quick release kind of offense. Uh, other than that, I think we know about all the weapons. We know about Dwayne Allen, but he's missing some time during play training camp with you know various injuries that they're keeping real quiet. People are way too high on him for what I've seen in his career. I mean, he's got chances to catch touchdowns. Other than That's, that, I don't know where the value is going to come in yardage. So certain people like certain people like love and they're like, Leaner's gone. You know, Andre Johnson's gone. This is all going away. And it's like, I just don't know if that's his skill set. But we'll see. I I wish him the best. I like. I was a high on him his first couple of years in the league, but he just other than those 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 early eight, nine, uh, ten TD years, he's not crap. Yeah, and been injured endlessly. That's true. That's something that's not gonna cease. So we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, maybe uh, Moncrief, Ty. You love them both. Love them both. Love them both. I mean, I just and know. you love Dorsett a lot. I do. So you're you're thinking that this is gonna be a passing team? Yes. You <laughs> so you, no, but does that mean like you don't think you think that Gore is a bad pick? Doesn't matter. Gore has no effect on the pass game. Because they're going to throw it 62. Is Gore a good pick if you get it? Gore could be just because of short touchdowns. And all teams need to run. It, it doesn't matter how much they run. They yeah. just need to run enough. They're going to throw it like 63, 64% of the time. And this is a team with Angel Luck as the passer that could have a Arizona Cardinals-like receiving core. I mean, look at the pieces they have. You know, what's different? 
Um, well, I love it. You, you're the one, and this is a great piece to check out on our site. It's the uh, stat projections for 2016. We've done every team tomorrow except for four. Tomorrow I, I am going to be posting the last four. If you're a Pyro Pro member, I won't go too deep into that, but I will be posting the spreadsheet of all 32 teams in the um, uh, stat projections. But your one of your big things is in that in the opening sentence is talking about hey, you know, it's not realistic to think when you're doing projections that when a quarterback is going to throw for X amount of yards that all of a sudden you're going to be able to have three or four thousand yard receivers. When we're talking here about Indianapolis Colts, what are your expectations knowing that Allen might get something and you're pretty high on? And with Dorsett, I know you're it's like in the 60s, but. Um, what are your expectations there? And more so for Luck. Is Luck a 5,000-yard passer this year? Ah. And I'm not trying to put – sorry if I put you on the spot that you had to go look at your projections. I can actually pull it up quicker. I mean, you, just, you just kind of go I, I don't really have Andrew Luck right that high in terms of yards. I'm like 4,600 yards. So my projections are based on player's career, run-pass splits. So that tells you the amount of plays they're going to run. Um, how how they how many times they're going to throw the ball? How many times they're going to get sacked? Uh, per se, so all those things are sort of taken into account when making these up. So I've got you know the Colts passing for like forty six hundred yards, but the TDs are up there at thirty six. I've also got them throwing like over three hundred yards rushing and a couple TDs. I mean, I really like Andrew Luck this season as a fantasy passer. Um, but I also think Gore could get back over that 1,000-yard mark. This is a power-in-numbers team right. that we've seen do it before. Has been since Luck got drafted. And now, you know, last year they struggled with, you know, Hasselbeck and Freeman and whoever fuck else they started. <laughs> Charlie Whitehurst. Um, Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, my God. So, Clipboard yeah, Jesus. Jesus, uh, Clipboard Jesus. Frank Gore getting back over 1,000 yards, but... Like T.Y. Hilton, I've got him as the yardage guy. You know, 13, 12, 1300 yards, six, seven, eight touchdowns, somewhere in that range. Dante Moncrief, you know, approaching 1,000 yards, nine to 10 touchdowns. Uh, Philip Dorsett, I think he's a guy who's vastly underrated, who could even approach 1,000 yards himself, sort of in the John Brown esque role. You know? He's going to be, I completely agree with that. Dorsett is going to, in a best ball format, is sick. Because he is going to have two, three ginormous games, and he is going to have about seven, zero games. But he's going to have some games that, like, literally in three games, it's like 600 yards. Uh, that's, that's a little, 500 yards. And you're going to be able to get some big best ball action from him. So, all right, we don't even go too much into projections, but I, I like this argument, not argument, this discussion because of what you uh, kind of alluded to with Arizona and knowing that one of the great pieces that we're putting up on our site, we've done uh, 28 of the 32 teams, go to pyromaniac.com and you can check out stag parties projections for the 2016 season. And then on top of that, which is awesome, we do um, pros and cons on the team, the offense, fantasy football. And uh, I think that's been just a, an awesome piece over the last month that we've been posting up to the site. 
All right. I told you I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Your last one said, fuck, fuck, fuck you, fuck you again. I'm done with these. I'm out. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, all right. We'll get these fuckers up. Uh, fuck you, like, fuck you, yeah. fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. <laughs> I'm sick of these fucking projections and writing shit about them. Let's move on. Understood. Isn't that the way we feel about the draft right now? Yeah, can't wait for tomorrow morning to be done with it. I, for me, it's like, I, and I gotta figure it out. For me, my fuck, fuck you is content population. <laughs> it just drives me fucking bad, dude. It takes forever to put shit into our admin. But, woe is me. We do this for you. And, uh, god damn it, we work hard on this thing. So, thanks for all the support and love you've been giving us lately. Let's move on to the Jets. New York Jets, Jets, Jets. Fitz Magic today goes, <laughs> guess hilarious. He's talking about to the uh, to some press, and he's like, "So, what do you expect in the in in in, in your um, with the offense this this year?" And he's talking about, "Can you imagine going into the huddle and talking around and figuring out what play we're gonna do?" And then you look in the eyes of Eric Decker, like kind of alluding to how handsome he is. <laughs> and then just ended it. It was just like, "All right, friggin' hilarious." End scene. <laughs> Best end of scene. Best Wonderland score ever. Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, Guess he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, these Harvard uh, guys. They don't get accepted to Harvard for no reason. <laughs> what do you got to think? Let's start at the running back position. You still down on? Uh, you still down on? on I'm Forte? down on Forte. I don't like where he's being drafted. I mean, we talked. Round? We talked about it. I think he's down to the fourth or fifth round now. But uh, Matt Forte. I mean, people are just expecting him to be Chicago's Matt Forte, and that's not going to happen with these Jets. I mean, even when he came back into this preseason game, got his first amount of work. Uh, you know, Bilal Powell's also getting work. They're looking to give you know other guys work. They're looking to give Kiri Robinson work. They just don't want to give Matt Forte a full load at his age, and I think that's that's a good sign. Um, you know, I like Bilal Powell as a value pick. I mean, Matt Forte is going as running back 16, and I have a hard time seeing him meeting that sort of threshold with how they expect to use this offense and how much they're going to throw the ball. Uh, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, great, great sort of values um, potentially in drafts as long as, you know, Marshall keeps his mouth shut. Um, you know, he's been held out of practice recently um, for unknown reasons and people are you know speculating that Marshall might be you know causing some problems they're not telling us why he's not practicing they're not telling us why he's not at the practice field and that that's a little concerning but what Marshall causing problems no way get out I don't buy it <laughs> Marshall's gone. Eric Decker could be a huge value. If, if I mean, this guy's being drafted as wide receiver twenty-three right now. In like three of the last five seasons, he's been a top ten wide receiver. So Eric Decker's got you know some chops to him, but he's always been better as sort of that wide receiver too. I like him better, and now that Fitzmagic's back, you know, drafting him anytime. If you're getting him as a wide receiver three, Eric Decker, I think that's a good steal if you're going in like a true 
you know, one or two running backs and then third wide receiver. But if you're going that zero RB or modified zero RB where you're going a little bit shorter, uh, yeah, you're going to have better wide receivers than Eric Decker, potentially your number three. Well, I will say this. I check out your rankings and I, I, I pay attention to them. But for one of the first times... I can admit is I bumped up Decker just by me having him. He's been just one of those guys where I just have him lower. Maybe it's out of jealousy of his looks and his wife. I don't know what it is. I have these kind of preconceived notions <laughs> and hatreds. Sorry, I'm human. I'm only as God made me. But I literally was looking at everyone's like, dude, everyone's got this guy like so much higher than me. I'm like, all right, I'm moving. I'm moving Decker. I'm moving Mr. Handsome in the huddle up. And um, I agree. Every th- when you look at the stats, when you look, I think the touchdowns are coming down, but that doesn't mean that he's still not going to be a stud at the position. Uh, he's never been injured. The guy is just always playing through and playing playing the games. Except for his first season with the Jets. Fair enough. Hamstring injuries. Did, two years ago. Yeah. Okay, but for what I remember, he's always been in there playing yeah. uh, and ready to go. Uh, so I'm, I'm high. All right, Jay Samara, who knows? Let's move on, and we are going to hit the Panthers. Oh, I had a good thing about the Panthers. Oh, so the Panthers' defense, it looks like the first three quarterbacks they may see this season consists of Trevor Simeon, then Blaine Gabbert, then Sean Hill. Hill. Oh, yeah, so if you're looking at one of those, you know, five to six defenses – or 5-10 defense in that range, these guys probably have the best matchup of anybody for the first three weeks of the season. So keep that in mind in drafts, especially if you're not getting one of those top guys, if you're waiting until later rounds to draft a defense. Cam Newton, oh, wildly, wildly inaccurate. You know, why, 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 were they playing, why were they playing Cam Newton against the Patriots until in the, the late third round, third quarter? Because he was so bad. Really? Think, so bad. So you think you, the coach was just like, get it get it right if you want to come out. I think yeah. right, Riverboat Ryan was just like, you fucking suck right now. They did. Wow. There, was, there was a I was long... I was again, like, what the fuck's this guy doing in? He's the MVP of the league, dude. There was a long portion of the game where he was completing under 50% of his passes. Uh, guy, He was just bombing guys high, throwing it into the ground. It's the worst I've seen him look. Dixon and, dropped a touchdown pass. Yeah, sure. Great. But just on a play-by-play basis, he was so inaccurate with the football that it sort of scared me a little bit. And to saying, like, ooh, this is the guy I have as the number one quarterback. Like, and his weapons didn't do him any favors. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin did him one favor, and then the rest of it, you know, Kelvin Benjamin was dropping passes. But, oh, my God, did he look – did he struggled. Um you know, it was the most extensive play he's got all preseason. All his guys were in. You know, Funches still played behind. You know, Kelvin Benjamin, even though they're saying Funches could be this team's number one wide receiver um, at some point in the season. But so glad we're so glad Houdini is sick right now because he's like, see, I told you. <laughs> it's like I don't. I never said Funches was bad. I said he was bad last season. Yeah. He wasn't going to replace Benjamin. Agreed. Benjamin, I moved gears. I'm over to. So good, it's my lips with a ballast point, big guy. Oh, but and just so you know, the music that we uh, started out with, the Doors, 
Um, I think it was uh, People Are Strange is the first song. And we are going to close out with Strange Days will be our closeout. Um, not our strangest show, but in general, the world's strange right now. And you got to be strange to uh, win a championship in fantasy football. And that's it. So, conceptually, that was the choice for the doors. <laughs> All right, what do you got at the running back position? Jonathan Stewart, you mentioned him earlier. Is Cameron Artist Payne, is there anything else there? I mean, Cameron Artist Payne finally got an extensive amount of work and didn't look great, 9 for 28 in that you know third preseason week. Stewart looked great, had a 23-yard little scamper early in that game. I love, uh, I love that guy. Even though his value in the last couple weeks has moved up, I love that guy. The value I'm finding for him in that 5-7 to seven zone, um, round zone and just scooping him up. And again, I'm in some smaller leagues. You're not going to get that if you're in the 12, 12 leagues. I'm in, uh, but in those 10, 10 man leagues, when I'm able to find Stewart uh, on a, that caliber of a team late, it's a good time it, when he's a bench or a, potentially a flex play. Yeah. Um, Ted Ginn get, getting a lot of work with the first team. He's usually the wide receiver that lines up opposite of either Benjamin or Funches. Those guys are sort of rotating out sometimes. And Ted Ginn's the guy who stays in. He's going to be their field stretcher. I mean, why are they going to suddenly change this offense that was so much better with that vertical stretch element last season than it had been in the previous seasons where they were sort of stuck in that, you know, 10 to 15 yard box? You know, why take that element out of your game plan? Ted Ginn, who's a guy drafting like wide receiver 67, yeah. like 70. He's a guy who can be an interesting value as maybe even a white, not a fantasy wide receiver one, but he could end up being the best wide receiver on that team. And also, love him at DFS because he's going to come in value every freaking week. And don't you think at the end of last season, kind of when they did the, hey, let's talk through, we lost the Super Bowl, it was a great season, but we didn't get one. Don't you think that Riverboat Ron and the rest of the uh, coaches were just like, dude, you're a huge part of our success this year. Imagine if you didn't drop a bunch of these huge plays. Like, just work all off season. We love you, a wide receiver. You're not a returner. You found a home. We we're, we're down with your program. Ted Ginn, just figure out, work on catching every pass thrown to you. And I guarantee you, that was the kind of mo and the sending off message after the uh, off season. And again, I think this team's playing. Hopefully with the chip on their shoulder. Uh, but I like Ted Ginn where I think his concentration level will be better uh, because we saw it. He was awesome. Best ball, great player. Uh, had some huge games. I started him at least at one on, on, a, on a flyer last year, and he dominated and had a big game. But there were so many opportunities he left on the table as well. So I love your call to Ted Ginn. He's, he, I think he'll be good. We know, uh, we Olsen, know Greg Olson. Yeah, Olson. Ed you know Dixon you. can't catch a ball to save his life. So o- Olson, you have Olson at uh, what do you got? Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. He's going a little too high for me, but he's still awesome. All right, let's move on over to Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, restructured contract for Antonio Brown. Congratulations to you, buddy. You deserve it. Um, still underpaid, I think, um, but. He'll complain next year and get it restructured again, right. as he should. Uh, you've got him as your one. Yep. If you had number one pick in the draft, you're taking yep. him and happy as hell about it. Yep. Is, who would be the other kind of guy you would consider? ODB? 
Uh, ODP and standard, Julio and PPR. Okay. Uh, nice. And then what else? Uh, what Levy about three games missed? Where? That's a. This is a great question. This is like you're in your first round, you're in your second round in the 12-man league. Where do you feel comfortable knowing you're missing three games out of this guy? Are you just not even worried about it? You just grabbing him? Nah, I, I can't get him at a point I like him. The thing is, he usually comes off the board, you know, at the end of the first or early in the second. I'd like him more at the end of the second, you know, turn of the third, but you can't get that price. So if you want Le'Veon Bell, you need to be prepared to go early in the second at him. And that's just not something I'm ready to do, missing three games. And, you know... Getting hurt again? Probably smoking dope and getting suspended again. Or admitting to smoking weed on Periscope or whatever and blah, blah, blah. All the things that come along with that. Um, but we finally got to see some Le'Veon Bell in the preseason last week. And he looked good. Uh, nothing you could really say against him. That That's a big knock. Uh, the rest... The thing is, the reason you like Le'Veon Bell is he's just so dynamic and so young. Like, I think David Johnson is four months older than Le'Veon Bell. Um, so there's that. That's insane. You brought that up before and I said that as well. That's fucking nuts. We tweet that right now while I hold, hold this down? That is crazy. Um, wow. All right. Sammy Coates gets opportunities, given basically it was his on a platter, been fumbling, he's made some awesome plays, looked great at times, but then it's just like it's it's the haves and have nots, Jing and Yang. Uh, what 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 do you think there? Who's this other fella? Uh, I, Iris Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers is gonna be their slot receiver. Like no matter what, he's their slot guy. Tell me about. Tell me what your expectation. Do you love this guy now? Do you like him more than Coates? I don't rank him higher than Coates, but just because Coates has so much more of a touchdown upside, like Eli Rogers could have like a Marcus Wheaton season two seasons ago where he catches forty five passes for four hundred and fifty seven yards or something. And so where's Wheaton? Is Eli Rogers ahead of Wheaton? No, Wheaton's their other guy on the outside. So their base set is Antonio on the outside, Marcus Wheaton on the outside, Eli Rogers in the slot. So also the talk is, you know, when Coates comes in, Wheaton could bump over to the slot occasionally, you know, or Rogers stays in the slot, you know, just various things. But Sammy Coates has been really disappointing, except, you know, disappoints and then catches a touchdown pass from Landry Jones later in the game. Uh, I, I just don't know about Sammy Coates. Like, I've always said that he's got talent, but I, there's just something missing. Like I, the, I agree wholeheartedly, dude. Uh, yeah, he, he, does, he doesn't have that... He, does, yeah, he, he just, doesn't have that it factor, that savvy, and the ability to run after the you, catch. That you know his, who he reminds me of? And I, I think it's the same school. Maybe I'm wrong, whatever. He's like the next... He's the second coming to Justin Hunter. Justin like, Hunter went to Tennessee. Tennessee. He's like, it was a great underwear Olympics guy. Had the body, had the speed, had the frame. Was in the right, was on a, and I think Clemson was where Coates was from. And I think Auburn. Ju- Auburn. It was like Clemson is where maybe. Um, Martavis. Uh, Martavis uh, and everybody. I think Hunter was from uh, Auburn. Um, 
Or no, Clemson, I mean. But no, Hunter was from Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. But in that in that awesome division, like highly touted, yeah. and then he gets drafted kind of high, and just like, um, we're just sitting here like tapping on tapping on our on our watch, like never gonna happen. Um, that's that's what I feel like Coates could be. All right, I'm gonna. Can we move on? I like Jesse James because fucking Ladarius Green sucks. He's and a they pop, pop, but he sucks. They don't like him. They're gonna cut the fucking guy. Okay, and sink what eighteen million dollars guaranteed? Yeah, they got they got they got money. Fine, keep around and have it be like, all right. Is he, do you have concussions? Do you not want to play football? Do you want to retire? At a certain point, you'll be like, we let's cut our losses. Yeah. Ladarius Green's a douche. Come on, man, he is. Um, Let's move on to one thing. Pyrolytics, another fellow that we brought into the mix. Guy killing it. I'll make this quick. Dude, Pyrolytics, thank you so much. Brought on, bringing in other friends of yours. Louis Mack came on as uh, aboard uh, because of you. You're doing all these awesome charts of fantasy football mine. I love this, the, the banter that I see on Basecamp stag between you and Pyrolytics and just like two peas in a pod just thinking about like finding these nuggets and these morsels and these trends and uh, Pyrolytics shout out to you man uh, you've been a great addition I love your leadership I love your go-getterness you've got a fantasy football a passion for fantasy football and you've been a, a, a pyro brethren for a while so having you brought on in the mix has been awesome I mean listeners I'm just telling you uh, and Stags you gotta back me up so uh, the, the talent that we have brought on to this company over the last six months and the new the new brains and the new mind share it's it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing and uh, just the passion and just the different um, you know view, ways that, that these fellas uh, view and and approach fantasy it's been very refreshing and awesome let's just say uh, see for yourself you'll see for yourself you will see, you've already been seeing it for yourself over the course of the last couple months, but when the Pyro Heat Index launches next weekend, gonna blow your friggin' minds. Uh, Alright, let's go on to, we're going to the other side, let's go to the Redskins. Mac Brown, I'm taking him in the third round. <laughs> um, can you just have your little Redskins moment so that I can... No, I, I don't yeah. like that we have Kirk Cousins in the top ten. Yeah, no, I got it. Kirk Cousins, I know you know. Kirk Cousins is going to be Derek Newman's finest moment this year. D-Rex's finest moment is Kirk Cousins. There's no question about it. Just even watching these preseason, I know you don't like him for whatever reason, for the same reason I don't like but no, it has nothing to do with that. It's he, all stat-based. He just <laughs> gets the shit done, dude. He's got the talent. He's got the weapons. Kirk Cousins is a great fucking late quarterback to grab. I love Jordan Reed. I'm not scared to, to, to divvy up and, and, and dive in on him. Do I want him in the third round? Absolutely not. Do I want him in the fourth round? No. But like I said, I'm in some smaller leagues where we have rookies and a lot of these players that are still around, and I, I'm not trying to confuse anyone, are, are for me because guys like Dak Prescott and Wentz and... Uh, Shepard, they're already gone because you have to play a rookie. So I love a, a Jordan Reed. Um, I'm just, I'm just totally down with this program. I love Deshaun Jackson more than ever. But and I, and we know that I love Matt Jones. So Matt Jones, hopefully he's healthy. I don't know what's going on with him, but 
Kirk Cousins, I know you don't like him and you're not happy. It has nothing time. to do with Kirk Cousins. He is going to be, and I'm just saying, where you get value pick. I will say that at the quarterback position, hands down, and I want to, let's counterpart it. We won't do a bet or anything, but hands down, Kirk Cousins, where his ADP is, will score the most points. And I, if you if you want someone else to, that you want to throw out there, I'd love to hear it. But where you can get a Kirk Cousins, the amount of points. He had 4,200 yards last year. He had 32 touchdowns. This is in a year where, like, at the at this point right now, or let's say last 50, 56 weeks ago, he was, he was the second stringer. This guy had an amazing year when they were like, all right, Kurt, you're it, not RG3. He's had a whole offseason. I don't think the, uh, the, 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 the tag, franchise tag, hurts him because he's still playing for a contract. This team is going to be fantasy football goal. This is a power numbers team, and it all runs through Cousins. Do you have a guy that you think that's going to do Will outscore Kirk Cousins. But he, he but he's not he's Yes, he's being drafted after Kirk Cousins. Is he? Okay. Okay. I wanna make a bet with you on that one. I I don't wanna make bets anymore. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, you get that. <laughs> um, um the things with Kirk Cousins, like all the numbers are great. It's just they are so out of career norms and so high off of what teams typically do for improvement in a single season that they typically regress in the secondary season. We don't need to go. I thought we were moving on. All right. Why do you, but why do you like why do you like Ty God so much? Because okay, if Kirk who's Cousins, got more weapons? Uh, do can I count Tyrod's legs as a weapon? Sure. <laughs> Okay. They're about equal then to me. Okay. I mean, offensive line strength. Washington's offensive line, you know, not the greatest. Defense, they've got some pieces and then other pieces struggle. Oh, their defense ain't great. So it's the same thing with the Bills. There's a lot of parallels between these two players. They just get it done different ways. No, I, I agree. I just think the talent, the, 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 when, 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 the, when the ball is hiked and Cousins, we're going to move on. It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be. Aw- I, want, I hope you're right. I like Tiger. I like T Mobile. When the ball is hiked though, and 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 Cousins drops back, the amount of weaponry that he has on every drive is. I I, I can't think of a I can't think of a, a a better one to be honest. I think it's the best offensive talent surrounding a player there is. Is there a better one? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's good, but 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 that that Marte, if Bryant was there, yes. Well, if Bell was there, yes, and I agree. And I I love I love Indianapolis Colts for Colts. sure. I, but there. but still, I mean, they're sick. So anyway, let's move on. We're, we're gonna have a fun time. Let's talk about Matt Jones and then the rest of the running back situation. Yeah. So Matt Jones sprained AC joints. They expect him to be back by week one. Keith Marshall went on IR. It does not look at this point that they even want him to return this season. It looks like they're just, hey, this is our fourth running back. We've got a chance to keep him without cutting him. Let's just uh Is this the same? Is it another AR. knee injury with him? Is it the same deal that made it that he's been dealing Dislocated with? Dislocated elbow or something. Okay. Um, well, that's so that, that's good knees. because he's had multiple ACL problems in yeah. at Georgia. Um, 
But then Rob Kelly and Matt Brown, you know, t- uh, they signed Matt Brown off their practice squad last year. He made an explosive play tonight, uh, 60-yard touchdown. Run. I think he, he said he had over 100 yards. Uh, Is that Rob- the same Matt Brown that you played for the Raiders? No, he's never played for anybody. It's his first his first official season out of Florida. Okay. Um, he's an unknown. I mean, but they like his bowling ball mentality. Rob Kelly they really like as well. Another undrafted guy out of Tulane. Two guys that they are going to have to see if they can carry the load, you know, because Chris Thompson's, what, 5'8 and 180 pounds? Even though he was getting first-team snaps early this offseason, um, yeah, my question is, do they, do they ever put together a run game this season? Yeah. Uh, if, if so, it's going to be cobbled together. But this is a team based on that short pass, so we'll see. No, I agree with that. Matt Jones, I think, as long as he can hold the ball and carry, uh, hold on to that ball and not have any uh, turnover issues, I think he's going to be a stud. But at the end of the day, one of the main reasons why I believe that, and the same goes for Mac, and the same goes for, uh, I guess not not Thompson because he's not going to be a, a, a ball toter, but I trust in Scott McLaughlin. I trust in that guy for shizzle. All right, let's go to the Patriots. I think Tom Brady is, um, I, I heard he's out. Yeah. Edelman, how's he doing? Edelman looks on track. Possibly to play week one, but it's the Patriots. Who fucking knows? Who knows? I agree. I think we can go through this one super quick. Chris Hogan caught a great touchdown pass from yep. Tom Brady. I think he ended up with five catches for 62 yards. He looks real good. You know, his you like him better than uh, Amendola? Oh, for yeah. Sure. yeah. He's just got so much more sort of explosiveness at this point in his career than Amendola. Amendola got a $40 million contract. <laughs> Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Oh, God. Um, and he's, he's somewhat been healthy for it, which was everyone's worried that he wouldn't be healthy for it. He's been healthy for it, and he still hasn't earned it. All right, uh, Gronk is Gronk. Um, Bennett, what are your expectations for Bennett? And let's move on. I think we suddenly moved Martellus Bennett up into a spot where I'm not comfortable taking him again. So, Regardless of us, where, where are people taking them? So I, I I can answer. You just talk about it. I'll find, I'll find so out. So Martellus, I, I have some concerns. They could run base twelve offense, but this could also be a team that goes a lot in the eleven sets. They could, you know, this He's is a page. thirteen tight end going, hundred twenty fifth overall. I'm just not comfortable with Martellus as a starting tight end on my fantasy team. I agree because I think he's got to be touchdown dependent. Or else, what's he going to do? Three catches for 27 yards? Maybe give you Scott Chandler numbers plus a little? Well, let's get back to maybe Gronk from a couple of years, two years ago, where he's injured all the time. If you got him stowed away. Or, sure. Again, I'm not, I'm not thinking he's going to be great on his own. But something tells me that... Uh, and I'm not, I'm not high on Bennett, I think. But if something happens to Gronk... Sure. He's a great pickup then, but yeah. how many how many times can we say that about every player in the league? I can't believe he's going higher. He's Ladarius Green's still going higher ADP wise than Dwayne Allen. That'll change a little bit. As of last week, Ladarius Green was tight at nine. I think he's down to what thirteen now, fourteen. Uh, so 
Don't even worry about drafting Ladarius Green at this point. Yeah. Waiver wire. Watch. Absolutely. And um, the same goes for Bennett. Everybody's darling is Martellus Bennett. Um, it's like, hey, if you're waiting on tight end, go Martellus Bennett. He's, he's going to have a great season. I, okay. I'm not, I'm not on board with that. And he's another guy that can't keep his mouth shut. Locker room. I don't think. I think people like him in locker room. He's a smart dude. He's an eloquent dude. He's actually a very creative dude. But I just don't know. That's not the way that franchise works. He wears you out go, his welcome. Yeah. You go. You go into that franchise. And it's like it's our. It's the Patriot way. This is what we're doing. Um, and if you start opening your flaps too often, it's like, all right, shut the fuck up. Let's go to the team that a lot of people think might be the NFC Super Bowl. Um, Representative, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. I'm shooting for him and going a couple rounds early in every draft and grabbing that team defense happily and just love everything about that. And they're actually not going too late, but enough about defenses. You like Carson Palmer. I'm not I mean, so high. I mean, it, the thing is, you like all their weapons, so you have to I, like I Carson Palmer. <laughs> I'm just going to have one of the other quarterbacks first. That's fine. So I lose that window. Yeah, sure. He's in that gap, I suppose. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you want to draft a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round in Carson Palmer? Probably not. You're going to wait two rounds on Kirk Cousins. That's fine. Oh, but, or, or even be uh, – I'm actually more apt – in that world, you're totally right. Or after the same thing, go two rounds earlier with luck. Yeah. Um He's just in that tier that you, you're trying to avoid. Um, I win championships 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Carson Palmer just not doesn't feel like that guy to me. You know, Cousins I mean, does, though. Go on. I'm sorry. The weapons for Carson Palmer are just the reasons you have to like him. I mean, if you like all his weapons, if you like John Brown, you like Larry Fitzgerald, if you like Michael Floyd, you have to like the guy getting him the ball. Uh, he's going to distribute the ball to all three of these guys. Each had stretches of last season where they dominated games at the wide receiver position. He also got David Johnson back, you know, as a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Darren Fells can make some chunk plays happen at the tight end position. Had a great play in the last game. He always seems to have one big play. He does. But it's one a game. And Remember? doesn't get him over, like, 30 yards. But it's, it's like... It's like one, one catch, catch for, for 27 yards. Yeah. And, he, and then it's like he might get two more that go for five. Yeah. So he ends up the day with three for 32, and you're like, oh, that sucks. But yeah, Der- he's got one play in him that's always a little bit explosive. Great NFL player for that that offense. Just not a great fantasy guy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the rest of this team is pretty set in stone. We know what's going to happen. At, that DJ is going to be the head. We know the three headed monster at wide receiver, uh, Carson Palmer, and then there's, you know, J.J. Nelson and Jerron Brown, very solid depth at the wide receiver position. And depending on what you're looking for at that position, you can certainly find it. So if they need a guy to take the top off the defense in Jerron, uh, in John Brown, you know, he's got a headache or a concussion or whatever. They've got J.J. Nelson as a backup for that. They need a reliable pass catcher over the middle. You know, they got Jerron Brown for that. What was your thought on that uh, that retweet you did today with uh, Malcolm Floyd and how him and Kendall Wright were the only uh, – you think he can bust that theory? You think he can I mean, have a big year? See, so the, the tweet was he's one of – 
two players since what, 2000, or one of 15 players, something like that. One of 15 players drafted since 2010 in the first couple rounds to never post a top 20 wide receiver season. Um, basically, I'll do the, I'll do the edit. I'll do the edit note. Uh, this is. Uh, Bob to throw some shade on Michael Floyd. Since the 2000 NFL Draft, there have been 15 wide receivers that have been selected in the first round and have failed to record at least one top 20 seasonal position finish in standard scoring their first four years. Two of those are entering their fifth year, Kendra Wright and Michael Floyd. The 13 others still never achieved a top 20 seasonal position finish the rest of their careers. So they... Rumford is basically saying... I think that was Linux. No, it was Linux. Yeah, it was Linux. So, my... Linux! My thing with that that is the one season he didn't finish top 20 and that he played 16 games, he finished 23. So it's an arbitrary cutoff. And out of those three wide receivers, Fitz, Brown, and Floyd, who do you have ranked the highest? Floyd? Yeah, me too. I mean... Just because you don't finish top 20 doesn't mean you're not making a value. If we're not having to draft him as a top 20, so why are we seeing that as negative value? I mean, I've got him ranked as number 25. I mean, it's fine. Sounds like a great value at 25, and every time, he's a guy that you can always get when you want him. Haven't you found that? Yeah. When you want him, doesn't mean you grab him because you might have already taken wide receivers or whatever, but when you want Floyd, you can get him. And... Uh, he was, what did we say last year? Last five games, he was like a top three guy. Top, top ten five, guy. Top ten guy. Had, some, um, he had five of the last six games or something, over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's not, let's not, he comes at a value. You can get him if you want him. And I like that. All right. Um, let's, uh, you got anything else? No, let's move on. Let's go over to, let's go to the Niners real quickly. Sorry, uh, Ellington, done for the year. That was a great pick uh, for people that reward for return yards, potentially. He was looking like he was going to get some opportunities in the offense. I was already wrong on a second opinion. Somebody's like, should I pick up this guy or Bruce Ellington? And it's like, well, I like Bruce Ellington more because of his return yard ability in your league. And... Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but then he goes and ends up on there. Do we go back and say, hey, uh, make sure you go to the other route. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? We just, we've just been talking for two hours and 40 minutes. We have no idea what we're talking about. Just kidding. Let's go, Niners. Uh, we're not going to talk about Kaepernick standing. I, I'm not offended by it at all. I completely see his side of it. He's not defending. He's not offending the flag. He's not. I thought, I thought we were talking about it. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I'm not, we're not talking about it, but I just think look into it deeper. But Kaepernick pretty much is not going to be the starter, and he's. I think he planned this. I think he was like, I've made about seventy million. I'm just gonna get myself out of this league and go enjoy my life. I don't know. He just. I don't know. I don't know if I can agree that he's just done. <laughs> is he going to go somewhere? I mean, there's all these teams that are QB needy. Why isn't... The thing is, why would 49ers trade him? They're, 
I mean, they already guaranteed his contract this season. He's got one of those contracts where he has guaranteed money, but he really doesn't. So it's difficult to say whether a team would trade for him uh, because then they're on the for that guaranteed money. Um, well, let's talk about let's talk about something else. So Blaine Gabbert, great. Don't don't draft unless two QB lead. And then go late on Blaine Gabbert. Um, besides that, you know, Carlos Hyde, we're lower on than the industry as usual just because we don't think this team's going to be very good at football, giving them weird time to run. And if he's not going to be their third down back, how does that increase his workload? And he's got injury risk. And uh, But the only, I, I like Torrey Smith still. Somebody's got to catch the ball. I mean, maybe Vance McDonald. We've seen some splash plays out of him this preseason. He's, he's definitely moved himself into a, into a finer light. No question about it. But they've got three tight ends that can all catch the ball. And with how Chip Kelly has deployed tight ends in the past, no one has any idea. What, I mean, Vance McDonald could be the top dog, but then he could be out for a series because they're running hurry up. And they could play Garrett Selleck as the blocking back. Uh, and then they could, you know, throw Blake Bell in there for a series because they're running hurry up. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite team, the Niners, along with the Bears. I'd say they're neck and neck. I will not have one 49er on any of my teams. I don't care. Even if even even if I see that value with Torrey Smith, I don't want him. Uh, just too many too many unknowns. Uh, Chip Kelly is. Hope it works out for him. Hope he, but he's just he's just a wild a wild card. Let's go over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who owns the Chiefs? Uh, obviously, we haven't seen anything out of Jamal Charles. He's starting Week One, correct? That's what they say. Mm, not so much. They say Spencer Ware might be starting Week One, and Jamal Charles might be a uh, change of pace back. Oh, uh, and Charkandrick West. Move him way down your tiers. Um, Spencer Ware's the number one A guy, number two guy, however you want to look at it. He's clearly ahead of Sharkhandrick West. And in that game against the Bears, he looked very good catching the ball. Yeah. And that was what my one main concern with him was his ability to catch the ball. We didn't really see it last year. We didn't really see it at LSU. Um, He's a powerful dude. He, he's big. He's like a thick rock of speed. He's like, a, like almost like fast, strong. Uh, people are bouncing off him. Where legit? Where's legit? And now that you have the clarity on the situation between who's the number two, uh, two Charles. Now you could be a little bit more sure in drafting where. You know, potentially even see value out of that, especially early in the season as they ease Jamal Charles back in the lineup. Wide receiver, Chris Conley is getting started over Albert Wilson. Told you it was going to happen. Okay, but then he catches one of five targets. <laughs> he's a douche, but he's got that too much talent. And he made one of the great – he made a sick, sick move in that last game that, that, that just showed, like, all right. Wilson, you're all right, but we're going to go with the upside on Conley. The thing is, I don't know how, you know, it could be like the Seattle number two wide receiver where these two guys get switched in and out, and then neither has any fantasy value. But if you're Completely looking for... Yeah, if you're, Conley's not a fantasy value guy, but... But if you're looking for waiver wire, you know, looks, 
you know, keep those guys in your mind. Travis Kelsey looked pretty good, good everything, uh, thrown his way. I, I'm a fan. Kelsey's going to be on my team in a lot of leagues. The thing is, like, Travis Kelsey, that, that ADP article I wrote, like, he's going as, what, tight end four. It's hard to see him returning that many points of value. What round? Where, where is he going? What? I thought he, dro- I thought he was dropping. So tight end, he Kelsey's going to have fifty sixth. Fifty six pretty much exactly where he went last year. Um and God damn, that's too high. And look at all the tight ends. all the tight ends are moving up. That's not he was going a little later last year. A little later. Yeah, I think he was and all the tight ends have moved up about five, ten spots. I, I I mean that's the problem God, that's with these trubs. Um That's prob- real trubs. I agree. Wow. I mean, I like him, but it's hard to see how he scores enough points to justify being the fourth tight end drafted. Um, Completely agree. Hey, but the thing is, they make an effort to get him and Jeremy Mack. If you want a part of the pass game, you know who the targets to own are. Macklin scares me only one reason. He's awesome, great player. He's just kind of a puss bag. And he's going to probably get banged up at some point. Again, I love Macklin. Big fan. Have been since day one. Have been since he was in playing at Missouri. But there's just something about him that's a little less heart-filled than some of the other players. But we'll see. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Alex Smith. Ugh. I mean, I hope he could do be a viable. But, yeah, it's just there's not... He'll never be. He'll never be worthy of uh, unless you're in a two QB league. Alex Smith, don't go there. All right, we're gonna go over to the other side. We got two more teams, and both of them we can breeze through. I'm seeing we're nearing the three hour mark. St. Louis or shit, L.A. Rams. Uh, uh, L.A. Rams. The team. What do you want to say? Gurley, I'm saying this Gurley's going to be the biggest bust in all of fantasy football this year. Really? I do. Why? I do not know. And I love Gurley. I just think he's going to be the biggest bust in all of fantasy football this year. You just That's just... That's what... I I think... I think... What else do they got? I mean, do you think that that offense is going to be able to scare anyone through the passing attack? Did they last year? No, but no one knew what they were going against last but year. But they did at the end of the season. Let me have my opinions. Okay. I, I'm Let me have my opinions. Todd Gurley, in my opinion, is the worst first-round pick there is. He's, he's this year's running back that goes super high that's a bad pick. And there was, what, four or five of them last year. Uh, uh, Lynch... Uh, you got he's he's my guy and I love him. I think he's going to have a great career. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think this year it's going to be like, all right, LA. It's like, beat us, Gurley. And Gurley's awesome. He's going to have a couple big games, but it's like, Case Keenum, hike. Let's do the bubble screen over to Tavares, the most overplayed player in the league. I just I just have a feeling that that it's Gurley is is the guy that's going to be that bad first round, top five pick. That's my call. I mean, I don't like him as a top five pick. That's where he's going. I know. I mean, I'd rather have some of the other running backs. Like, I think he's at the end of tier one for me. Like, because I expanded my tier one to five players. Basically, Ezekiel Elliott. He's my second run, run second ranked running back. 
I have him ahead of David Johnson. He's tier one RB two. I'm so it's it's kind of like what we say with our bus in the draft kit when we're like, eh, this guy's a bus, but he's our tier one. So don't I don't want to take anything away from him. I just when you have to draft him at three, four, five spot, I think um, there's going to be a lot of weeks where you're like, oh yeah, I'm an asshole. It's the Rams. <laughs> I mean, I think he's all they got. I, I think he's a very... Watching his college tape and him catching the ball, I think he's better at that than we expect. So they just got to actually throw in the ball, and we'll see what happens there. But I, you know, looking at last year's numbers, it looks bad um, for his ability to catch the ball. Outside of that, yeah, I think Tavon Austin is the wide receiver to own, but like flex zone, that tops or wide receiver four or five on your team. Like, you know, he's occasionally going to hit big. You'll be able to find him here and there in good matchups. Like, hey, week one is going against San Francisco. Yeah, Tavon Austin might be pretty good in week one against San Francisco. You know, good flex play. Um, other than that, you know, Lance Kendricks, Tyler Higby. Higby is a guy they really like. They really want to get the ball to, but he's still a rookie tight end in fantasy football with Case Keenum throwing him the football or Jared Goff throwing him the football. And Jared Goff is left two of three preseason games shaken up because he's, like, thin. He's, he's not even as wide as my thigh. That, I, 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 I even said it when they made it. That was a terrible first pick. They moved up to get that guy. This guy is just... Ah. I don't see that one ever panning out. I don't care how what kind of spiral the dude can throw. Anyway, let's move on. Um, you got anything else to say about him? Nah, good. Fuck it. All right, last team. Holla for a dollar. Uh, we're going to go to the Houston Texans. I like what I saw out of Osweiler. It felt like there was some touch there. I felt like, again, to go back to what I was talking about earlier with RG3, the energy, the excitement, the passion, the fun felt there. We know the weaponry that he's got is, is, is unrivaled. I mean, I think that wide receiver depth is just ridiculous. I like Osweiler. He's moving up a little for me. Do I want him to be my starting quarterback? Absolutely not. But... Osweiler's going to be better than you think, and I wouldn't be worried about him as a uh, pigskin deliverer for a Hopkins. Look at what he had thrown in the ball last year. And in general, I think that Brock is going to be better for this franchise than we've given him credit for. Not, not necessarily talking about fantasy. I don't think he's like going to be this fantasy stalwart or anything. But I think he's just going to be a better quarterback. I think this team's going to be good. I'm not worried about Lamar. I'm not worried about Hopkins. I'm not worried about a lot of players in this team, Fuller, Braxton, because of their quarterback play, which last year I was. Last year, these players barely even existed in their minds, having the major changes. I mean, this team's got everything different. Uh Wow, like can't of, of course, but Hopkins was still a top top yeah. guy with garbage, and now I feel like he's not so. And we've got a new awesome player in Lamar Miller, who nobody's higher on than you. And you need some quarterback play to make sure that that guy 
can get, get his shit done. I also need offensive line play. And what they've had happen this preseason in Dwayne Brown, uh, you know, on the pup or, you know, potentially going to the pup, that scares me a little bit, losing the center. Uh, Nick Martin, Zach Martin's brother from Notre Dame, losing him for the season, you know, that's concerning. So this offensive line, they also lost uh, a Brooks and free agency to Philadelphia. So this offensive line's in transition. And this is usually a team that puts together a pretty good offensive line. Uh, so that, that concerns me a little bit. I, I moved Lamar Miller down two spots behind, like, Elliott. I think he's actually ahead of or behind Gurley. So he's my running back five after being, like, running back three. Elliott's your four, right? Uh, three now, I think. Three! Elliott! You got to see this image that... Uh, Pyro Stash did of Elliott. It's crazy, dude. It's, yeah. It's, oh, it's hilarious. I mean, Hopkins, I don't really have any concerns for. I think Hopkins is going to be fine. But Hopkins now, in, in that Blog Talk Radio Expert League I was talking about, I got Julio at the fifth because someone took Hopkins at the third. Then Gurley went in the fourth. I got Julio Jones in the fifth. So let's talk about not that specifically. Fifth pick, first round. Hopkins is now a fifth, sixth, seventh pick overall. We love Hopkins. I love watching him. I think he's great. He watching this game the other day. He solidified it. That guy's just friggin' a stud. Hopkins with the sixth pick in the first round. You're down with that program? I took him eighth. But was David Johnson there? Uh, I don't remember. Was our Adrian Peterson there? Right now, people people are taking him above those two guys. Worried, that worries me. Well, there it is. Don't worry me. I mean, let's. People are going wide receiver heavy. That is the new trend in a ton, ton, ton. I walk ton when of they trust. run. I run when they walk. I know, but that's the new trend. So if you want a high end wide receiver, you have to be prepared. I to gotta, I'm asking you. I know what people want. I'm asking you. Do you love? You at in the at the sixth pick, you got Adrian Peterson, you got uh, David Johnson are there, or maybe they're not, and you've got Dez and Hopkins. I'm off Dez a little bit because okay. of the okay. Okay, okay. We didn't even talk about Dez when we talked about <laughs> Yeah, we did a little bit. If we didn't, I'm I'm high on Dez, but we did a little bit. Uh but what do, what do, what are you thinking out of that? Are you going with Hopkins, Hopkins is my number season. four. After the big three, Hopkins is my number four. Has been all offseason. Has not changed at all. But I'm talking, I'm talking running back versus. You're going. You're taking him over AP and Dave Johnson. Yeah, because what I've seen in drafts is wide receivers will run off the board around the turn, and then one of those top tier running backs has a better chance of falling to you in the second round than does one of the top tier or top three tier wide receivers. Okay, cool. I like it. That's why I'm asking. Uh, anything else to talk about with uh, with this thing? Uh, Will Fuller has looked real good. Yeah. Um, he's caught some big he's plays. A lot of, lot of snaps. Uh, he's the two. Brock, the thing is, they're saying he's not the two. Because they're saying... We haven't shown you Jalen Strong yet all preseason because he's going to be a major weapon in our arsenal. You, believe, you buy it? Believe it or not. But what 
what's interesting is when Brock Osweiler gets blitzed, he looks to Will Fuller because he's able to create separation with his speed real quick off the line of scrimmage. But if they press him, then things get a little hairy. So the thing is, they're also saying Braxton Miller could be their starting slot receiver. I'm just a little concerned that these guys are so young and inexperienced in the passing game. Um, so much talent, though. Sometimes just talent. And I'm not expecting huge talent. things out of Fuller or Braxton, but I'm, 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 I think that they're all, I think they're both really awesome, and that team's just like on the up and up. I, I just think we're a year away from these I guys agree. being true fantasy contributors. Um, who, if you had to pick any of their other receivers to be fantasy relevant in the standard league for this season, who's your who's your thought? I, I'm going to take a chance on Braxton Miller that he's just got that unbelievable athleticism that somehow he just gets so many things done. But Fuller, Fuller's got that uh, Ted Ginn Jr. ass kind of aspect to him. Strong, whatever. I think it's all hype, even though he's big dude. But yeah, I'm going Braxton Miller. I think Braxton Miller is basically like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of athlete. And if he's in the slot, then basically all he's going to be doing is, hey, check down Charlie. Me, I'm here. If you need help, if you need help, Osweiler, I'm, I'm here. I'll catch it. And I think that's going to be a lot of what will happen. Um, but that's a fun team. I'm excited to see. I'm really excited for that whole team. In general, I think this is uh, – we covered all the teams – um, you know, you're about to get into your drafts. Just remember, drafts aren't made in the first couple rounds. You'll hear some experts say, like, oh, you can really lose it if you make the wrong picks. In your fr-. That's bullshit. Just make the picks you like in the first couple, few rounds, even four rounds. And then afterwards, take the best talent available. Doesn't matter which position. Don't grab four quarterbacks in the first eight rounds, but... And be smart about it, but grab the best guy on your tiers. Use tiers, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have, you're going to walk out of there just fine. Do not worry about the draft is important, the in season is important, but the first two rounds, first three rounds does not make your season. So once you get what you want and get and fill that team out how you believe it should be made through those first four or five rounds, after that. Take the best player on your tiers or on your rankings, however you do your draft, and you're going to be just fine. You got anything else to say, buddy? I'm good. Stag party. Good to do this show with you. August 31st, last day of August. The season starts in eight days. Actually, yeah, it's so close to being midnight that it was going to be a week. So we are fired up. NFL is finally around. Um, thank you so much for listening to us and all the great draft kits. Just sign up for Pyro Pro. It's ridiculous. You can ask us second opinions, which is as many questions as you want. You can follow 100 of your players. Get second, uh, get news feeds. We've got the Pyro uh, resource toolbox, which is incredible. You get to see all the player rankings, which as we alluded to earlier, we got the heat index being released on Monday, which is redonkulous. I mean, there's nothing like each player that we're going to have in these player rankings. It's going to be like nothing else you have in the industry. We've got new models happening, smart people coming on board. We're just fired up all around. I hope I didn't. If I forgot somebody that just came on board, um, there's no love lost. It's just only so much one man can do in three hours. 
<laughs> Sounds like uh, Sting and his wife in Tantric Sex. All right, guess what? We love you. We're going to get out. We're going to close this show out with Strange Days by the Doors. Holla for a dollar. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.